<laughs> We're just killing any sort of like potential uh, like advertisers for the show. Wow. I mean, I have like, yet to hear a podcast that is, <laughs> that is, is sponsored by Ramada. <laughs> well, <laughs> because everyone's ragging on them. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, rightfully so. Ramada. We don't have windows. It's Saran Wrap. Ramada. <laughs> it's Saran Wrap. I mean. Ah, <laughs> Ramada. <laughs> Ramada, when you come to our hotel, we want you to walk in and say, Was a porn just shot here? Ramada. Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga. Hello and welcome to Pop Saga. Today we're going to be discussing the 1981 film Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Lawrence Kasdan, and someone named George Lucas. Uh, starring Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, Karen Allen as Marion Ravenswood, Paul Freeman as Bullock. Fucking Bullock. Ronald Lacey as Toth. Well, fuck that guy, too. And John <laughs> Rice davies as Salah. So I might call this an adventure film. I call it a how-to punch Nazis instructional video. Today I am joined by famed explorer, Illinois Forrest, and I am <laughs> John Allah. How are you doing, Illinois? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, excuse my ridiculous laughter, but I do very much enjoy how, I don't know, were you trying to do a Connery? It, it was Connery-esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't trying to do Sean Connery, because I can do a bad Sean Connery, but there's a lot of words in there that I don't say as bad Sean Connery. Believe <laughs> it or not, I don't use the word belloc very often. <laughs> And, you know, I don't use it in Sean Connery conversation. Normally it's like Buck Futters, and you know what I mean, Trebek. You know, <laughs> I like all the it. stuff that people expect. Yeah. Uh, but I like that you, you named yourself after Sala at the end. Um, oh, you thought I was going to name myself? Yeah, no, no, no. I thought you were going to be... No. I know, but I thought you were going to be... Uh, uh, you know, just like a little hint, right? <laughs> it's coming! Oh, I mean, I, I, I could have, I guess. I mean, even, <laughs> even the intro that I wrote, and believe it or not, folks, we write these intros. Don't think them off. I, I write these intros. <laughs> I don't think them off the top of my head. I do as well, and I spend a lot of time writing them, an embarrassing amount of time. Yeah, I spend like a good maybe two, three minutes writing these things down, and um, even in parentheses to remind myself. Though I wrote this, I wrote. Not Sean Connery. I wrote John Connery voice. So there you go. It's and it, I think it uh, it was good. 
I think it definitely can't you you were successful in uh in in, in that regard. But man, am I excited to be uh here with you today yes. on this very unauspicious Thursday. We're just gonna go ahead and assume that everything went peachy keen avril lavigne at the old inauguritos yesterday <laughs> yeah. hopefully perfect yep um and everyone you know yep yeah no go ahead go ahead no go ahead please oh i was just gonna say we are cordial now is... Post, <laughs> okay yep yep indeed yep. Mm-hmm. but you were yep. saying yes yes you were saying uh, you first well thing. i was gonna say that if uh Depending on how things go, maybe I'll insert a uh, cut in, a punch in, if you will, that will right. change the tone of this. Uh, uh, hey guys, um, <laughs> listen, uh, uh, we just wanted to put something out, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I should almost do the intro again, but as solemn as possible. <laughs> just let's let's take that again but um now i want to hear national tragedy on your voice and i think actually we should just be come out and say it, just so people don't get confused about what we're talking about uh the i the outcome that we want is that the uh president joe biden is inaugurated and that no um uh just gross um terrible seditionists uh started more violence that's that's the stand that we are taking <laughs> just lest there be any doubt yeah like if you listen and you oppose that then uh well that's on you uh know that we don't agree with you yeah we don't agree um but you know everything's gonna go fine. Everything's gonna be peachy, and we'll treat this episode as such. Um, you know, the whole purpose of this uh, pop saga is kind of remind us of uh, better days. Let us run away for a little bit, and no better place to run away to than like literally Indiana Jones. Very true. I mean, it has two things that we thought we we actually talked a lot about what we wanted to talk about today and um before january 6th and the the insane horrific events that happened on that day i had originally put what was it executive act no order no no this one was like ooh, like we we would be edgy we we, we would we'd be like the bluest of blue comedians if we did this one you originally put olympus has fallen (laughs) olympus has fallen Uh, i so i thought that first olympus is that that first fall movie in the fallen series is real fun and i was just thinking something where you know we have I, but I like even in the context of the of the the world leading up to January sixth, I probably that was probably still a dumb suggestion. Um, so we kind of workshopped that a little bit and decided uh, it, it would be better to do something that maybe has like a little bit of a political bent, but is more of 
something that is I don't know, like adjacent to it, but has a little bit of that flavor to it. And I think did we talk briefly about Air Force One, the Yeah the Harrison yeah, no, Ford vehicle? I mean, I, I, literally, the Harrison Ford vehicle because it's on a plane. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, we talked about we talked. Yeah. So when you mentioned it, you know, like fucking Olympus has fallen. Even I was like, "Ooh, I don't know." <laughs> I'm just. I like, was not thinking about it. I was just like, hey, "Gerard Butler's pretty cool, with that." Oh yeah, man, yeah, like there's some cool seats got. It's got some Morgan Freeman in there. Yeah, it's got Two Face in there. You know, it's some fun stuff. Yeah, and then I'm like, it. and then fucking literally shit like that happened. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, oh yeah. So, yeah. so then I judoed us to Air Force One. Yeah, and then, then you know, January six happened. And I was like, well, I don't want to do anything that kind of has to deal with that. And we went back and forth on a bunch of different films to talk about. And then, um, you know, we settled on Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Because we're going to, we were going to eventually talk about them anyway. And, yeah. uh, you know, Indy, it, it's great because he punches a, a shit ton of Nazis. And yeah. I'm for it. And it just has and, to be a real great movie. So yeah. uh, I, I spoiled my thing. Uh, pretend like I didn't say that. So when we wrap up the end. <laughs> I know. mean, I don't know. I don't think we're not going to. I'm just going to go say it right here. We're not going to be so pretentious to say whether to give our opinions to, to say whether this uh, movie belongs in the in the pantheons of pop culture. It's been, um, you know, th- they have props from this movie in the Smithsonian. It's uh, been accepted into the National Archive, you know, and only things that have, like, cultural or aesthetic, like, um, you know, high watermarks, landmarks, uh, get inducted into that kind of thing. So it's like, this is a masterpiece of a film, um... But, uh, so, I mean, I, I, we, we both love it. We can come, I, I don't think that's spoiling anything necessarily, but it's yeah, just going to be no. fun to talk about. Yeah. And I haven't seen it in a long time. The last time I really, I mean, I, I'm sure I've watched a, an Indiana Jones movie in the interim, but I mean, I think the last Indiana Jones thing I saw was like, I saw uh the crystal skull a couple times uh um, whoa 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 wait back up mm. did you say a time or a couple times a couple times i've seen whoa, that movie whoa. more than once <laughs> whoa did people pay for you like people who wanted to see it with you and they offered to pay for your ticket after you're like mm, no thanks the first time after the first time no i had it was the similar sort of thing to Phantom know. Menace. You know, um, when you when you saw that initially and you said to yourself, well, it can't be this bad. No, no. That no. No, no. I was I was young and naive with Phantom Menace 
and it took a few good washings to get that into my brain. Uh, Crystal Skull, I knew immediately. I was like, whoa, oh no, whoa, no, 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 no. Should have left there it are, at the third one. No, 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 no. There are, I, the thing is, there are parts in that movie, I think, oh, that are shit. good oh. Indiana Jones. Oh. Um, what part? But, uh, uh, Mutt or whatever the dude's name swinging through the uh, for the jungle uh, or uh, him fencing on the, the cars? No. Like, there are a lot of really bad parts. Uh, like, the car going down five different waterfalls <laughs> just keeps it happening over and over. And, um, you know, we don't need to talk about the refrigerator scene. That's like a that is like a pop culture, a, uh, like sort of touchstone of, of, of describing something that is, that is terrible. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I liked the parts at the start where they were at the warehouse from this movie. Um, and I think he uses like metal to like find the, the sort of artifact he's looking for. Yeah. Cause so that was magnetic. Cool. Yeah, but, but then when he opens the container, somehow it doesn't rip all the metal off the walls because of how powerful that that crystal skull would have had to been. Yeah, there's, a, I mean, Indiana Jones is nothing if it isn't like uh, a fond of its plot conveniences, but, um, you know, I and I was just so excited to see Harrison Ford, you know, back in the old outfit and uh marion ravencroft seeing her again was awesome and i think that the the fight with the with the um the killer ants was fun there's a lot of parts i guess that reminded me of old indiana jones where i was just like okay parts of this are good i'm just gonna ignore the fact that he, he grabbed onto that obviously rubber snake and used it to to get himself out of that um that uh what do you call it? The quicksand pit. Um, but uh, yeah. So I had to see it a second time just to just to make sure. And yeah, it's not it's not my favorite Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's all I'll say for now. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, not my favorite of the series. All right. Um, I'm gonna take that, digest it for a little bit, and. Uh, <laughs> The fact that like you actively saw it twice, um, I am uh, flabbergasted. But um, <laughs> well, watch it again. See what you know. No, this episode sponsored by Dan Aykroyd's Crystal Skull Vodka. It's not good, but it's in a Crystal Skull. Oh, I was waiting for you to use the uh, commercial music. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's the kind of thing where I got halfway through my bit and I realized I should have started the commercial music, and I didn't. All right. Okay, that's we fine. talked about this. Don't be mad. I'm just, I just, I was, I was just like, oh, here it comes. It's gonna. Sa- I'm gonna. We're gonna sound like we're like having a continental breakfast at the Red Lion Hotel. <laughs> You know, and then I was just like, "Here it comes," and it never happened. And I was just and then it never, so. and then it never happened. Well, <laughs> now we'll know for for next. It was a terrible failure, just like that Indiana Jones movie we're talking about. <laughs> um, Fair. Uh, Fair. I'd still watch it before I'd watch Temple of Doom. Anyway, um, whoa, let's... <laughs> whoa. 
No. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nah, I'm just kidding. I haven't seen Temple of Dune in a long, uh, a long time, but I hear it's uh, it's really hard to watch these days. Well, I mean, maybe, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's hard to follow up this movie, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, because it was just. It's like it's almost a perfect movie. Yeah, you're going to get zero argument like from me about which ones the even if you were to be like rank them right now, Raiders is easily the first one. Well, I mean, I think you've brought this on yourself. Rank them right now. Okay. So, let's see. Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Uh, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom, and Kingdom of Crystal Skull, just because I don't have a choice. Yep. I think that's that's my exact list, too, actually, to be honest. Yeah, like, I mean, Temple of Doom has some parts to it. Obviously, you know, I love seeing a short round, because I I love that dude from, you know, Goonies. Yep, Data from Goonies. Yeah, and, you know... uh, Dude taking the heart out, you know, like, Kalema. It was baller stuff, but the pacing in that one has a lot of ups and downs. Uh, Last Crusade, I feel like, gets a little back to form. There are just some slow parts. And Crystal Skull is just kind of just a little all over the place. Um, it felt like they were trying to figure out how to pass the torch off to... Um, why did I blank on that? Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. Just do it! Shia LaBeouf. And, but Can they didn't want to. Can you imagine if they had? Can you imagine if they had? I mean, I could. And I'm scared. And don't get me wrong. At the time, I was kind of a Shia LaBeouf fan. Um, I watched that whole HBO show... I think we actually talked about this the maybe the last episode of this podcast, but uh, yeah, I watched the entirety of Project Greenlight, and um, of course, uh, as you all know, as everybody knows, that famous show, the uh, first movie that was made on it was made starring Charles Labouf, and uh, and I liked him in the first Transformers. So I was in. I was on board with this choice until I Whoa. saw it, and then I was off board. <laughs> Whoa! Are you kind of admitting here on uh, on Pop Saga that you like the first Transformers movie? Um, Bay Bayverse. Um, I'm being very specific. Yes, of course. Here's what I'll say. Oh, of the Michael Bay movies, it's the best. Does that make it a good movie? It certainly does not. But, uh, I mean, I think at the time I saw it, I was, uh, I remember seeing it and being, like, upset at how all the Transformers looked, but the fact that giant like 20 foot Peter Cullen was like saying limes lines at me was throwing limes at me (laughs) was uh, saying lines as Optimus prime up there on the, the big screen was, uh, was enough to, to carry me through. But 
that was the kind of movie the more you watched it the worse it just sinks in how bad it is and and uh i think i think it's the kind of movie that i would never watch again all right hold on now i need to digest that (laughs) so you're saying when you saw the first transformers you were not on board. You said this no, is this is terrible. I would yeah, when the little robot started peeing on the dude. That no, that was, was a big robot, and that robot's name was Bumblebee. Whatever. Like I don't remember. He was literally pissing on a guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. You wanna talk about purging things from your brain, the first Transformers movie I purged from my brain because I didn't like like any of it. Like, there was nothing in there that made me go, like, yeah, okay. I didn't like how the Transformers look. I didn't like how sad Optimus Prime was. Um, (laughs) He was very sad. You know, like, I mean, there's a difference between, like, I don't even want to be, like, happy Peter Cullen, um, uh, noble Peter Cullen. This one was just sad Peter Cullen, who was just given a dump truck worth of money, I think. So good for him. I'm I'm for it, but like he just was, Optimus was so sad, and the fact that he had lips drove me nuts. Um, no, you'll you'll find no argument for me. Like um, there was there was nothing in there. Like, and in fact, it's not really a Transformers movie until like the last twenty minutes of it, when they're fighting on you know doing their Transformer shit on the, I think they were on a a dam or something. Uh, I might be mixing them all together. Like, I mean, I saw. I remember the f- they went to a small town in Nevada that doesn't really have like a really, like it's the it 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 doesn't have the buildings that they you see in the movie, and then all this stuff sort of happens in I don't know. It, it none of it feels real or in this world. Look, I only seen the first one, and then I saw the fourth one, and you know the reason why I saw the fourth one. Yeah, um, I wouldn't pay money to go see it, and I didn't see the other two because of how uh, disappointed I was in the first one. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want a Transformers movie that isn't the '86 one to watch, watch the first six minutes of the Bumblebee movie that came out recently. That's the best trans live action Transformers movie we're gonna get anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, but, they all ended up not being really honoring the the property all that well. And yeah. I, I'm on record, I think anyone who knew me back then knows that I've always described the design of the Transformers like a trash bag full of knives that someone just throws at the screen. Yeah, you've said that before. That's fair. Yeah, but, and so, um, yeah, not a huge fan of, of how they look. Uh, but sometimes, like, you know, you just get you you go so long without something and then when they they put it up there on the screen you go hooray and then you let it sort of marinate a bit and you like and you <laughs> eventually come to oh no yeah nah, this one for me was very much like i knew what i was eating was going to get me sick and then halfway through i was like oh man i, I got the flying club lobbers right now um, <laughs> this not to get painful. too far off of uh off of the subject but you and i saw the fourth transformers together yeah and we saw it i won't go into the circumstances around how but we saw it for free and uh 
Yep. And so did the rest of the, the whole theater. We were all there on a free ticket with, with free popcorn, free drinks, um, all sorts of stuff. And then we were everyone came out of that saying, uh, I feel like I got ripped off. <laughs> you yeah, didn't we, pay a dime. We didn't pay a dime. They they bribed us with with movie theater foods, um, our own theater or theater, however. And we walked out of there, and I was like, I just lost two hours and like twenty or thirty minutes of my life. <laughs> it and seemed I'll like never somebody get it back. walking it. Everyone who came out of that theater looked like they were had just been involved in a very serious car accident. <laughs> Everyone was just in a daze, yeah, just it, sort of shambling about. Yeah, the only other time I've ever felt that way was when we walked out of Batman v Superman: Trial of the Century, <laughs> where That's it's like great. almost like three o'clock in the morning, and I'm just like, I don't know what I just watched. But why did I just watch that? I think that was so fantastic. Uh, that's another one we saw together. And uh, we were with a group of people and we came out of that movie. Now, granted, before we went into the movie, we had been drinking cocktails. During the like movie, we drank more. Which were needed. Yep. <laughs> and we just walked out of that theater just in a stunned, yeah, exactly. The same sort of stunned disbelief. What did I see? Why was the Flash there? Why did he just appear out of a ball of lightning in Batman's dream? <laughs> <laughs> and this one was very much, I was like, the Transformers caused the dinosaurs' extinction. Okay, let's go. <laughs> So they're the engineers from Prometheus. Cool. Yeah, all right. I'm going to... Okay. Optimus is going to fight Grimlock for a little bit. And Great Wall of China. Okay. All right, I'm with you. Let's go. (laughs) Sure. Stanley Tucci's screaming, I think. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, sure. (laughs) Let's do... And then... And you could even feel like they got a little lazy with the transformations because it just were just like cubes spinning around. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, the stupid nanobot transformers. They were just like, we don't want to do this anymore. It's so yeah. much rigging. I don't like it. Yeah. And then it a- <laughs> it's just it's like a book. It's just like, it, looks like, it looks like Reboot, that 90s uh, CG series. Yeah. Early I mean, aughts, it- whenever it premiered yeah you're right i mean it probably same effects package like look, yeah we bought reboot Turn for two 20, cubes yeah we bought 24 we bought this whole all the cg from this t this cartoon show for like 27 dollars and i think we should use it for the transformation for the bad robots guys it's me michael bay listen i just saw the most <laughs> amazing movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called Pixels, and it, it has to do with pixels, and it has Adam Sandler. I love it. Let's go, just Let's do take it. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 
So anyway, that was Transformers: Age of Extinction talk. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm gonna leave that one with uh, the best line Optimus Prime has ever uttered. Amazing, a booby trap that actually catches boobies. <laughs> That's right. Written and directed by Michael Bay. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's stop talking about these terrible, terrible films that um, you know one of us may have liked at one point, but eventually made us both very sad. And talk about one of the best films of all time, uh, Indiana Jones, the Raiders, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, or just and the and the Raiders of and the Lost Arks, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, those raiders being, I guess, Marion and Sala? No. No. Where are, you, where are you getting that from? But who are... So the raiders are the Nazis? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is like well, a Hardy Boys title structure. Yeah, exactly. You know, like okay. The Hardy Brown Boys and, and, and the mystery of the... Yeah, <laughs> the mystery the, of the pirate jewels. Okay. Yeah, or Encyclopedia Brown, who stole the apple pie. Most likely, I think the bad kid's name was Butch. I think. <laughs> it's I probably it's Butch. Been, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I don't want to uh, uh, make it seem like I didn't, I didn't, I just never thought about it until this very second. But I'm like, who are the raiders of the... The Lost Ark. It, is it is it Indiana Jones? Is it like a band name? Hi, I'm Indiana Jones, and these have been the Rage of the Lost Ark. Yeah, exactly. Like Paul McCartney and Wings. Okay, right. So they just that... didn't call themselves Wings because you know, people are like, who the fuck are these people? Guys, kind of sounds like Paul McCartney. I'm not listening to this. I'll wait till Paul McCartney does something. Not realizing <laughs> it was Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very very much. You know, it's like uh, Rage. Against the machine, you know. Yeah, it doesn't work so well, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah. In keeping with our tradition of being sort of in and around the early 80s uh, for the past couple of uh, uh, of of movies we've done. Yes. Um, This came out in 1981. Yes. And... Uh, contrary to what I always believe, based on the quality of the cinematog- cinematography, this was the first Indiana Jones movie. For the longest time, I thought that, it, yeah, that just because of the way it looked, it was the first one. But um, man, would not want to follow this movie. No, like I mean, I wouldn't have been wouldn't have wanted to have been any movie following this movie. Especially if you're like the action genre, and I would have never wanted to come up with like obviously uh, a vehicle to make sequels off of, but damn hard to follow this one up. Just. Real, I mean seriously, and um, weren't I think I read somewhere that initially Tom Selleck was in the running to play Indy. You are correct, sir. That's my Ed McMahon. Indeed. <laughs> for, for those out there who know of Ed McMahon. Do you think this movie would have been as successful and popular with Tom Selleck uh, Fuck at the no. helm? 
And I love me some Tom Selleck. That dude. Me too. I like him just fine. Nothing wrong with him, but I agree. There's no way that this movie hits the levels that it did. I mean, like, look, when they did Romancing the Stone later on with Michael Douglas, they were hoping to make that a, you know, like a, you know, like, hey, it's just like Indiana Jones. Didn't even do, you know, it didn't, did fine, but not like indie fine. Without Harrison Ford, there is no Indiana Jones. Like, at all. I don't, there, there are so many people that you could see that they named who were potentially, and Tom Selleck being one of them. But like, uh uh-uh. This movie is not nearly successful without him. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um... I, it, he just his physicality his personality like he embodies indiana jones and that's like almost a silly thing to say because we have only known him as indiana, indiana jones but i think if you try to watch the tv series young indiana jones there is definitely something not to say that's a bad series there's it has its moments but uh there is definitely something missing uh with the absence of uh harrison ford i I kind of agree with you on that. Um, I thought River Phoenix did a really great job as young Indy. And since Absolutely. He, he was young, like I found it acceptable that change. You know what I mean? Like yeah. obviously it's not gonna be Harrison Ford because these are young adventures. And like unlike a lot of films that get prequels for no reason, like you don't need to make a prequel about yeah, I don't know how people got the Death Star plans, but yeah, Star Wars, <laughs> you know, right? But you don't need to make that prequel. Um, but you know, cool if you do. But I don't feel like that's a story. Like you know, Solo, you don't need to make a Solo story because I feel like again, Han Solo was so well performed by Harrison Ford that like it would be really hard to follow those shoes. But Indiana Jones is like one of those people that like you want to learn about. Like, I want to know how he became an archaeologist who's also a badass. Like, how did that happen? So, when a young Indiana Jones came out, I, I kind of forgave that. I, I, I enjoyed it. It's Obviously, they're not, like, as... As as a whole, it's not as great as the movies, but I, I thought that was okay. But, like, just yeah. trying to picture Magnum P.I. in this role... <laughs> He would bring a certain smarminess to it that, um, I don't know, you've seen those Quigley Down Under movies. (laughs) 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 He could kind of do something. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to see Monica from Friends' boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, also the thing is, you know he'll have... A mustache. It had Alan Rickman in it, so it had. Yeah. Anyway. Any other jokes? This has been. This has been Quigley Down Undercast. Yeah. Uh, Quigley. Is there another one? We mm-hmm. won't do the research. Yeah. You, you tell us. You tell us. <laughs> um. Well, I don't think I need to. You mentioned it in your uh, intro, so we don't need to go over who made this movie. Everyone should know already. So, what do you say we just jump in and we start talking about this thing in earnest? Yeah, let's do it. Ernest 
that's it. That's all you get. <laughs> that's all you get. I should have cut it. It should have been like, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we open in the South American rainforest. Um, here's something that I didn't notice until watching it this time. They he starts out with a Sherpa group that is like, uh, or 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 guides or 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 whatever these this his uh, traveling party is consisting of, but there's like six people that quickly gets whittled down to like just two. Yeah, that's it. Like, I'm, I agree with you. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> the guy sees the the scary face. <laughs> that birds fly out of, and that is like it for all but two of his uh, his his traveling party. Yeah, I figure he just he broke that mentally broke him somehow. Um, even though it's a pretty nice day out, and it wasn't like too dark, so I would have been less scared of that. But hey, you know that dude that dude apparently looked into the mouth of madness and couldn't handle it. Yeah, <laughs> just like him, he's like ah! <laughs> he just <laughs> runs into the woods. I, I, I mean, shit. This, this, this whole part, like, e- even I just got to go from the Paramount logo to then transitioning to an actual mountain. But the fact that they found a mountain that was shaped like that Paramount logo, I already knew I was in for a good time. You think that oh. that's not like an effect? That's an actual mountain they found. I. That's an actual mountain they found. Uh. They had I forget who uh, I think Frank Frank Marshall I I looked this up was tasked to find a a mountain that looked like the Paramount logo so he literally drove around the whole island until he found a, a suitable spot to shoot just so they could do that so much so the Paramount logo that was used there was used from way back in the day so it wasn't even like the then used Paramount logo. It's like uh, the Paramount logo they use, like in the f- uh, '40s or '50s. Well, yeah, I think Very... that's probably on several levels, right? Because of the, how it's referencing those movies. Exactly, but that's what I'm saying. Like the 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 depth there was it's already like five head, as the kids would say. Like so many layers. It's like the best like blooming onion you could ever get. <laughs> um. So I like how they keep Indiana and uh, Indy in sort of uh, like uh, presumably if you're coming to see this movie, you know, Harrison Ford is in it, but they kind of keep him ob- obscured yeah. until one of his untrustful guides uh, tries to double cross him by pulling a gun on him and he turns around and he, he you see the first in- the instance of the classic whip. Wooka! Take that gun hand. I've uh, yeah. Oh my god, this is gonna be so hard to put into words because I'm just like, yeah, that was great. What else are you gonna just just remind me more of the movie? Yeah, that was great <laughs> I know, too. Right? I love that part. That was also great. Yeah, I that's on my notes. Was I l- like the fact that he's just kind of either not even in profile. You're getting him from like uh, his back or side, but you're never getting even like his face shadowed until. Uh, the dude pulls a revolver on him, and then, yeah, he cracks him with a bullwhip. Dude goes running off into the jungle and just leaves him and Alfred Molina. This is Alfred Molina's very first credited role. 
and uh, I'm uh, I'm just going to reference something that happens later. How cool would it be to have this be your first credited role, and you get a special effect made of you stabbed through a bunch of spikes? That would be an awesome first part. Yeah, I felt like I'd made it. Right? Like, yeah. versus the dude who looked into the heat. What about the other guy who looked into the mouth of that thing, <laughs> screamed and ran off? No special <laughs> no effect for him. <laughs> right? He wasn't Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2, the movie. Yeah, you know, we didn't find out later, but that was, you know, like, oh, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that man was Steve Buscemi. Um, <laughs> so... Where is John Ray's Davies from? <laughs> and wow. the answer is, oh, he's Welsh. So just keep that in mind when we talk about him later. Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to it's like a lot of the movies that we've already talked about. And it's going to be like a lot of movies that we'll continue talking about from these eras. Sometimes they're just, you know, they're casting how they're casting. Is Absolutely. Right? You know? You shouldn't eh. enjoy this movie any less. Uh, but um, probably just worth talking about when it comes up. Um, because I think it's a practice that is uh, good that we're moving away from uh, as an industry and uh, culture. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, so... Now, answer me this. I didn't look it up, so that, that's my bad. But uh, when they get to the mouth of the, the cave they're they're looking for, um, Indy mentions um, the, the person who was here previous, a competitor of his. And is that person's name Forasol? No. Blood what so. is it? It's what? Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Yeah. Yeah, I could not for the life of me make that out, and I was like, I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the first time I heard it, I was just like, Duck Man? Like, what did you say? Duck Man? <laughs> like, no, you know, I mean, it was just like, uh, uh, and then, you know, my competitor, Bledsoe, and it's like, what did you just pay less? What did you say? What did you say? And then he said it again when you, you see him, and it was like, oh, Bledsoe. And if I'm wrong on that one, I didn't bother to look it up because I felt confident in hearing that he said Bledsoe. I trust your ears uh, more than mine, so I'm, we're just going to go with that. I thought for some reason it was sort of like a offshoot of that guy that we ran into in Highlander. I was like, is this the same, like, Forrest, what was that guy named? He was Forrest Seal. Yeah, Forrest Seal. Uh, yeah. yeah, the Finnish fencer. Dude, yeah, the back flipper. Yeah, so I was like, "Is that? Is like, the, are those the same names? That's nuts!" But it sounds like uh, I was just like off by. I couldn't, to be honest, I couldn't have been more off. It would have been closer if I said, "Did he say it's like Arnold <laughs> or or uh, Jimbo?" I should, I should have led you on. I should have been like, "Yeah, close, dude. You're very close." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very close. You're like, to oh, you're almost yeah. dead on. Yeah, so it, I mean, like, don't worry. When we're able to socially get next to each other again, 
and you're in mixed company and you're talking about Raiders and you remember the guy's name, yeah, call him for seal or whatever you want to call him because you're right. <laughs> yep. You that would have been like, a fun prank. I've been leading you on with this trick for the last 15 years and it's been worth it. You rascal. <laughs> um, that was so, a rant. Anyway. <laughs> um, so he... Uh, so it's the next scene is in the tunnel with all those crazy cobwebs. And um, another bit of trivia I found out is that the scene where uh, Alfred Molina has to turn around and he has a ton of tarantulas all over his back was the very first scene that he shot uh, from this movie. So what a first, what a day one for your first credited ro- big movie role. That would have been my only day. <laughs> like, we're gonna put a bunch of tarantulas on your back and be like thank you i'm gonna i'm gonna leave and start a furniture business i bid you good day <laughs> i would have like the 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 spiders that were on indy's back i was like i'd already died right there but all the ones that were on uh alfred molina's back i would have literally exploded in that tunnel Boom! Yeah. What happened? Oh, John exploded. Yeah. <laughs> he exploded because he's a scared of spiders. Um, but uh, Alfred, good old AF, uh, AFM, Alfred Molina, uh, not bothered by these ranchos. All these ranchos crawling around on him. Uh, he's not bothered. It's a great scene. It's a really funny scene because... Uh, you know, Indy's got like a couple on his back, and then Alfred's <laughs> character, um, who is named uh, uh, Satipo. Yep. So, uh, he uh, turns around, and there's just like 20 uh, tarantulas on his back. Um, but, 20 too uh, many. Yeah, 20, 20 too many. <laughs> one too many. Yeah. And then we see. What's crazy about this opening, like, like sort of cold open adventure that Indy goes on is I feel a lot, I feel a lot like the sort of the aesthetic of Indiana Jones is almost entirely based on these like first, this first opening of the film because he actually rarely is in like jungle temples unless unless we're talking about the the end of. Uh, the aforementioned um, uh, Crystal Skull. Yeah, and, and you know, Temple of Doom, but right. That's but that's kind of the jungle, but not. Well, I mean, look, we saw the way they are running through this a little bit later, and I would say that this place was kind of a jungle as well. But it also <laughs> yeah. looked like kind of club med if we would have looked to the right or left of this place. <laughs> kind of uh Could yeah nice of open field <laughs> so it's like four um it's a golf course um so here's the so we get, we get a lot of like classic um uh sort of uh hidden tomb um uh you know guarded riches uh type booby traps we get the uh really big pit um with a convenient log for swinging um we get the light activated spikes which are 
you know, a bit of a feat of engineering. Yeah, and yes, and don't forget the um, the pressure plate uh, pneumatic sort of uh, blowguns that are built into the walls that still work. Like after all this time. Oh yeah. Uh, Alfred Molina has a great line here when they get to like the main chamber with the idol. It was heavy. There's nothing to fear here. That's what scares me. I don't get why he is so confident all of a sudden. Because, <laughs> I mean, look, I would imagine that the pinnacle of their booby trap technology was the light trap. Right? Like, you'd be like, well, I fi- they figured no one would get past this point. But then right. all of a sudden, it's just like that room that has like the fertility idol is just littered with these things. Like once Indy like picks up one of the corners and you can see what it is, then it like you look across the room and realize like the level of trap that is just in this space alone. Fucking yeah, so crazy. Like it, yeah, it's completely insane. Um, but uh, Indy's got a plan. He's got a bag of sand, and he thinks it weighs roughly the same as this idol. And apparently, um, the ancient Incans or whoever was responsible for this this sort of very advanced booby trap tomb um, have a very sensitive weighting mechanism on it. Because uh, try as he might, he just did not guess that weight distribution correctly correctly or he did do it fast enough or something even though they feel like they're in the clear him and uh uh what is his name so tipo so tipo um uh yeah they the they've set up the the bad booby traps because everything starts to uh shake and rumble and fall apart seems a little extreme right yeah, like if, if we can't have this thing just sit in a tomb by itself forever, then nobody can. Yeah, it just seems like wow. What what's your plan afterwards? Like, do you go in and dig it out and reset this up? Because or yeah, just leave it to be lost for everybody. And if that was the case, what good was it to you in the first place? Exactly. Um. But they get to that back to that aforementioned uh, endless pit, and um, and you know they can't. Uh, one of them has to swing over, and then they have to throw the idol, and the other one has to like throw the whip back. Um, and of course, I don't know why Indy keeps trusting these guys. They just keep either running away or double crossing him, and then, of course, it's happening again. Um, uh, good old Alfred Molina's character, <laughs> Zapato. I guess I'll just call him because <laughs> I can't remember his name. You call him Doc Ock. That's fine too, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> good old, <laughs> good old Doc Ock. Uh, uh, you know, uh, gets Indy to throw him uh the idol, and he drops the whip. He doesn't need it, and he uh he books it out of that room. Leaving Indy to his death. And uh, roll credits. (laughs) 
I mean, it was a great movie. Uh, everything up to that point was just riveting. <laughs> also, it was really brave of them to have a movie that was like eight minutes long. Um, yeah, weird they made a sequel, but yeah, weird they did and made it way too long. And I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, if Temple of Dune was like a, a tight five-minute movie. It'd have been great. Yeah. Um, anyway, have a week. <laughs> Pop saga, you know we. <laughs> Commit to the bit. Um, I, I dove right in. <sighs> but uh, as I alluded to earlier, after Indy gets across uh, this this uh, this open chasm with some great physical acting by Harrison Ford when he finds a little vine um, that comes unstuck almost immediately. Yeah, I mean, he clears that sucker real quick, slides underneath the the automated ancient door that was closing, grabbed his bullwhip like you know he's going to do, and as he starts running down that hallway, he runs into poor Doc Ock. Yep, he, um, I don't know, he, <laughs> it's weird that he is, like, scared of his impending death, even though he was stabbed from behind. Um, I think that was one of those, oh shit, I just remember what was moments, you know, like he just remembered what was there. He crosses the light, he realizes his mistake, but it's too late, (laughs) and uh, he's just another wall decoration on this tomb now. He's like, oh, I regret everything, you know, (laughs) splurk, splurk, splurk. Yeah, and speaking of iconic Indiana Jones imagery, next we get the classic um boulder rolling scene the boulder chase yeah apparently they did they did this he uh, so apparently harrison ford was faster than the boulder obviously but they they filmed it 10 times from different angles so they could get the shot so he was perfect every time with the exception of the last one where he tripped and that's the shot that they kept for the last one because it felt a little bit more authentic um yeah i think this you know what i don't i don't want to go out on a limb here but i think this spielberg might be know what he's doing <laughs> yeah like i mean he's gay you know like i mean like i'm not gonna give him too much of a pat in the back but he he sometimes knows what he's doing he, he, can, he can make a good film once in a while yeah um once in a while yeah, he's um, like, you know, I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know, for every indie, you get a close encounter. <laughs> well, you don't like close encounter. No, it's 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 a it's a great film. I'm, I'm, I it's hard. You can't fucking rag on uh, Spielberg, like yeah, because yeah. it's I just mean, Ready Player One. Uh, well, okay, not good. <laughs> yeah, to now. Me. Uh, hey, we finally we are agreeing on something now here. <laughs> I uh, just it was just on TV the other day, and I wasn't watching it, but I was waiting for it to end so I could watch a show. <laughs> so I watched like the last I don't know three minutes of it, and I was just like, "Man, this movie hasn't aged very well, and it doesn't look very good." And I didn't really care for it so much when I was watching it. It's like, who directed this? And then I was like, oh, yeah. I don't want to get too far off the track, but uh, that movie I started watching 
with my wife and halfway through we both agreed to turn it off <laughs> we were just like this is boring i want to do something else with my time um so if you're a ready uh ready player one fan out there just wait till our episode you gotta hate it uh just just for you all out there who are ready player one fans uh we'll probably never talk about it because i don't know if i need to watch that movie again oh that's right i would actually have to watch it Ooh, yeah. no dice beans and, and rice now now there are there there are the parts when they're in the matrix or wherever they're at and you see like gundams and stuff flying around midnight that's, at the oasis isn't that the yeah, isn't yeah the that's oasis, a, that's exactly it you know like at paul the diamond center they sung it the same way midnight at the oasis yeah whatever it was that part was fine right like seeing there's Halo lots of references and, i recognize i yeah, know like, that character i mean to be fair it's just like they just filmed like my my office shelf and they're just <laughs> like can we get all these ips cool but um outside of that uh, just watch uh, tron i think that's the the better yeah. go into video game land film um but anyway uh ready player one uh pop saga is probably not going to cover it sorry ready player one <laughs> Don't worry, Spielberg. Don't be sad. You've got an incredible body of work that few can hope to match in their entire lifetimes. Um, did you yeah. know while Spielberg was directing this movie, he wrote E.T.? That's just yeah. how prolific he was at the time. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, sometimes when I'm working... Uh, I'll order stuff on Amazon. That's the extent of my my uh, multitasking. So yeah. he's got me. Be- I once I've- doodled when I was on the phone. Yeah. 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 Give me money. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want to watch our film? <laughs> Pop saga. Pop saga story. I'm just as good as Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous um you know what else is ridiculous this bellic character fuck this guy man he's always one step ahead of indiana jones now let me um let me ask you this so bellic Mm. is in cahoots or at least intertwined with with the evil nazi regime um is he french yes okay he's rene rene bellic yeah, and like the first time you meet him, you want to punch him in the face when he's all. What was briefly yours is now mine. I'm like, fuck you, Bellic with a Q. Yeah, he's always coming in at the last minute and stealing Indiana, just uh, stealing his hard work. Yeah, um, I, I mean, Indy went into this place, this temple, and took this idol without asking the the people of the area. So he could go put it, uh, study it, and put it in a museum. And then that Bellic guy just goes in and steals it for somebody else. For and the they help museum. him? And they help him? Eh. I don't know. I'm, I mean, you, know, you have to assume he's stealing it for Hitler. Right? 
Oh, well, that makes sense. That dude only had one nut. So, fertility away. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, anyway, we'll so... Yeah, Bellick's a piece of shit. He, he works for the Nazis. Don't know why <laughs> he was getting the uh, uh, fertility uh, idol. But Yeah, who knows who, who needs that thing or why it's... It doesn't seem particularly important in, a, in an occult way. Um, but maybe it's just solid gold and, and, and worth a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, he does kind of make parallels to the fact that, you know, he's gone to the dark side of archaeology, which I'd never thought about, you know, where, like, they're still in dinosaur bones or some shit and, like, people snorting them, like, grinding them up and snorting them, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, man, that was great, T-Rex. Oh, yeah. Ooh, you got the- a brontosaurus. Give me a brontosaurus. I need, I need, the, I need the right that uh, the the white pterodactyl, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like he he makes the mistake of sort of like um, using it to subjugate his uh, the 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 people who he has brought with him uh, as backup, and um, that gives Indy just enough time to escape. Um, and, uh, he runs into, he runs back to his buddy Jock, his name Jock. So I, I think you're correct. Like a lot of things in here, I did not listen to how he said the name or wrote it, write it down. Cause you know, I thought of him like a CeeLo Bibble and, right. uh, you know, like no one was making a action figure of this guy. I mean, he has a very, like, that whole running to the plane part, and then the plane taking off while everyone's shooting blow darts at it, is a fair, fairly iconic scene. And then I guess, not only is Jock a very uh, prolific fisherman who who is not stopping fishing, even though there's, there's a, a fair amount of danger headed his way, um... You know, until the last minute, he really is reluctant to get up, give up that big catfish or whatever he's caught. Uh, he also has a pet snake, so this is where we learn that Indy uh, is afraid of snakes. There's a big snake in the plane, Jock. Oh, that's just my pet snake, Reggie. I hate snakes, Jock. I hate them. Come on, show a little backbone, will ya? So that guy's accent is. I feel like at the start it's Australian and then it goes into Brooklyn <laughs> or Alabama like show some backbone will ya yeah and then like I'm still not sure if it's Jacques or Jock well I was watching it with subtitles on cuz I actually watched this movie twice once oh uh, well, excuse me I like it oh. well here's the thing I like it so much that I I just wanted to watch it once without taking notes, and then I watched it again and took notes. Look at that shit. That's commitment, people. Uh, I did not do that this time around. I learned that I could uh, touch type while watching this movie. <laughs> I always used to just, I always peck and type, but as I was watching, I was typing my notes, and more of it spelt correctly than not, so good on john um yeah that's so, awesome so what it say so did it say jacques or jock it said it said jock but 
maybe it's pronounced Jacques. I mean, look, I'd be I'd be calling that dude every sort of name under the sun if I sat in a, the front of a plane and just have a giant boa constrictor or python. Yeah, it's just that. The, yeah, I mean, wouldn't I mean, wouldn't the snake freeze flying through the air? Oh, whatever. I don't want to. Well, I think that, that open that open cockpit like that is probably okay. Although snakes do prefer a warmer climate, so. One has to wonder why you would keep a pet python in your two-person aircraft, but we don't really spend that much time with Jacques, or Jacques so we don't know really much about him, but um, we're going to leave South America behind and go all the way up to North America, um, where we get to see Dr. Jones, Dr. Indiana Jones, at his place of employ which is a college a college where everybody is horny for indiana jones i mean everybody i don't blame him yeah he's certainly insatiable like he's certainly irresistible that's what the the woman in the front of his class who has love you love and you respectively written on her eyelids yeah it's great because it's i love you right and i i yep. can't i, I love uh, no I, no wait uh, eyes i <laughs> love i you <laughs> yeah i mean close enough uh <laughs> sure i mean i don't blame them like I mean, this is this is Harrison Ford at his hottest, and um, like oh, he's I a hunk. I mean, he's looking I, like a real hunk. I mean, he cuts. He looks great in a suit. I don't even in it, tweed. Tweed, and you know, it's like what 1936 in the movies, and he still looks rather young, but you know, looks good in a suit. I mean, the way he was talking sounded kind of boring, but I probably would have been writing on my eyelids, too. I'd have been playing down a bed, you know, being like... <laughs> Tell me more about, uh... uh Anti-chambers. <laughs> yeah, tell me more about... Hidden booby traps? <laughs> Because you're a booby trap to my Ooh, heart. carbon dating. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, here's a funny bit of trivia. I wrote, love you on my eyelids, and then blinked uh, slowly at the movie. Didn't have the same effect. Yeah. That, uh... All right. <laughs> um... So Marcus shows up and he's uh he's Indy's contact from the museum and they're lamenting the loss of this uh, very valuable and precious um uh, uh fertility statue. Um he has some trinkets that he found along the way that uh that are are useful to the museum but um the talk of getting the statue back is is put on hold because two members of the government are here and uh they want to talk to dr jones 
about a little something called the Ark of the Covenant. We've known each other for a long time. I don't believe in magic, a lot of superstitious hocus pocus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he says that to Marcus a little bit later, but uh, effectively, uh, this is this is really what I dig about this movie, just in general. And I think a lot of action movies or adventure movies or anything could could take a a note of the pacing of this movie is impeccable. Like you never stay on something too long; it just keeps moving at such a great clip. And you know. Also tying into, you know, the army. So it has something to do with the current world war, even though at the time that this movie was took place, uh, America was not in the war. They're looking for something about the occult. So we learn that, you know, Dr. Jones is knowledgeable about the occult as well. And then it ties into the whole thing how, you know, he who shall not be named was searching the world over for occult items and that you know is factual in the sense that they were looking for these things and yeah looking for the ark of the covenant and then this scene lays out everything where tanis is hidden in the well of souls you know they're looking for this headpiece they even tie in uh abner ravenwood who was the guy who taught indy so you get little snippets real quickly and it just you know, even gets you a picture of kind of what the arc would look like from, I guess, a real old book. But that picture was pretty baller. So <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like a Neil Adams uh, illustration. <laughs> yeah, like you know, who would have knew? But yeah, then we can see like the arc and people holding it and just shooting beams and killing people and stuff. And it just like, you know, that happens. I don't know, like three minutes. Like there's just this back and forth. That's such a great clip. Um, yeah, the stakes are laid for the audience in a perfect, uh, perfectly succinct way. And um, the only other scene we have back at the college uh, is when, like you said, Marcus goes to uh, meet Indy and tell him that the the government has agreed to pay for all the tickets and everything, and he's he's off on his quest to recover this uh, arc. A um, little bit of trivia I learned is that originally in this scene, um, Indy comes to the door um, after a, sort of an unspecified amount of time. Um, after Marcus uh, knocks on his door, he comes to the door. He has a bathrobe on. Originally, he was supposed to be entertaining a lady friend. I don't know if it's the same woman in his class, because that would be gross on multiple levels but um he was originally supposed to be entertaining a lady friend and uh, steven spielberg said that he thought that that sort of kind of uh playboy um personality trait would make him too close to like james bond so they uh cut that part out yeah and you know i i, I agree with that like indy already kind of has this james bond vibe about him anyway because he's you know he's an archaeologist but he kicks like ass you know yeah he's really well suited and we know nothing about him other than the fact that yeah on his off time he's you know hunting for shit for a museum and then when you know his working hours he's uh, getting hit on by all his students um yeah 
But yeah, so, I think that would have been a little creepy. Right. It would have been. I don't think it would have worked. But um, he wouldn't have had time to uh, say a proper goodbye to his lady friend anyway, because he is off to Nepal. Um, he knows uh, one person who would know where Abner Ravenwood was and this and this uh, head of the st- staff of Ra, which is what something that they need. Um, and that would be Marion Ravenwood, uh, who apparently owns a bar in Nepal. Like you do. Sure. You know, I mean, I, if I was in Nepal, I'd not only own a bar as well, but I would also play drinking games with the people of Nepal. And, God, I mean, they looked incredibly smashed. And, um... Some incredible drunk acting. Um... From all parties involved here. Yeah. In the end, uh, Marion beats out the dude, collects her money from all the betting that was going on around, and then we get the coolest-ass shot of the door opening and Indy silhouette in the doorway. Uh, or uh, indie silhouette f- going against the wall because he's in the doorway, and I was like, "Man, I'm continuing, continuingly to love this movie even more." Um, each one of these shots, each way they set it up. Yeah, I mean, there's a v- there's two things that happen. One is super cool, which is the silhouette, like you mentioned, and then two. Uh, Marion has like two shot glasses held up to her temples. I'm assuming just to sort of soothe them. Then we get, like you said, the pacing is super good, and we get a ton of backstory sort of condensed into the, an argument they have. Um, because she is not too happy to see him because it turns out they had a little bit of a love connection, and um, it's their split that uh was the rift that formed between uh professor abder ravenwood and uh indy she popped him in the jaw for it yeah she punches him a couple times um but he offers her five thousand dollars three thousand now two thousand later when they get a little uh more money um to give or loan him a precious artifact uh, that that he is uh, that she would be in possession of, which is the which is the the, st- the amulet that sits at the head of the staff of Ra. Um, but she says she's not in the mood to indulge him right now. Still mad at him probably, um, and tells him to come back tomorrow. Yeah, and Indy, it's funny, Indy's pretty trusting, sort of, because he bombs off, he doesn't really question it, and uh, Leaves know, her she, the money. Leaves her the money, so he was just like, here, here's the money, and then takes off, he takes off, she pulls out a necklace, and this is the biggest damn necklace in the... <laughs> size of a commemorative plate. You know, like, you know, like, where were you in the... You know, uh, Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. Get your commemorative medallion. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can wear and it. And wear it always, even though it must be so uncomfortable. Yeah, where were you when the Ark of the Covenant was made? Get your, 
headpiece of the staff of Raw. <laughs> you know, one five 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 Raw. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I just figured like the last four digits would be R and a bunch of A's. Um, <laughs> Rawr! Rawr! <laughs> One eight eight eight. Rawr! Oh yes. That's what I was waiting for. Took me a second. I don't have his face. I don't have his button made up yet. I gotta. I gotta make him one. But there you go. Um, Okay. That's fine. That's fine. She. It's amazing that Indy and the. the Nazis don't pass each other I think, at some point. I think they must have. They must have, right? It's a, it's a tiny town, and they come in right after uh, he leaves. Yeah, she takes the... Uh, this is kind of important to the plot. She takes the necklace out, hangs it on a candle on a table. For some reason. For some reason. Like you want to do. And then, uh, like you said, door opens up, and the... Well, I did not see this coming. Good evening, Fraulein. The bar is closed. We are are not thirsty. This guy is an incredible casting. Uh, Ronald Lacey uh, as taught... Yeah, he's never mentioned by name. Um, Toet? It's it's Tot. Tot. Because it's, I forget, it's it's like German for like Tom or something. Okay, <laughs> well. Know. Oh, no, no. Sorry. It's, it's German for death. I don't know how I mix Tom and death up, but there you go. There you go. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, this dude is. Ugh. I mean, he is yeah, gross. He, he is, is greasy. He is sleazy. He is sweaty the entire film. Um, he is just like the perfect Nazi scum archetype. Uh, you 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 never like him. Every time you see him, you don't like him. Like he is perfectly cast to be rooted against. Like yes. there, yeah. There's no one wearing. Well, maybe mm, I'll take the back. Maybe there are some people wearing t-shirts of this dude. Not ironically, um, but <laughs> maybe his his face getting melted off. Oh well, yeah. I'd rock that any day of the week. Like I'd want those uh, lenticular things. <laughs> Just where I can just keep having his face <laughs> melting uh, off because it's the best. Oh wait, spoiler alert! Um, movie that's forty <laughs> years old. <Let's laughs> spoiler this, alert. Okay. This year, you know, uh, 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 I'm gonna say if for some reason you have not seen this movie and you're listening to this podcast first, stop. what's the matter with you? Yeah. Uh, second. Pause it. Come back to it later for sure. Buy our merchandise on our our, our uh, what is that? T Public. Public store. Yeah, look for Pop Saga. It's Search on our... for Pop Saga. Yep, yep. But but watch this movie. No one who's listening to this hasn't watched the movie. I'm just gonna make that 
bold prediction, but that's, I mean that's fair. Like, look, I have to imagine that every movie is somebody's first movie sometime, and maybe fair. someone listening to sure. this has not seen it for some reason, and I don't know why you were abused, but you should watch this movie for sure. It's not on any streaming networks. Um, you know, I had the dust off Blu-rays. Remember those? Um, but. <laughs> You know, but you can definitely purchase them on uh, Amazon. All that it, they are completely worth a watch. You know, and you could be watching them with your John or Forest cups from Tea Public. Uh, that's what I'm <laughs> drinking water out of right now. Actually, that's awesome. Is a a John cup because someone bought me one. Uh, I could not buy my own name, um, but that's just me. Ah, uh, uh, yes. CBS All Access has Indiana Jones. Just thought I'd throw that out there. What? What else do we have? Uh, what's that over there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. You told me. And I was just like, "Mm, You're like, no dice. (laughs) Even though... Man, I, I really I so I tried to buy you the the next season of Discovery, but it's like impossible to gift unless you want to actually send a Blu-ray. And in this day and age, who wants to send a Blu-ray? And uh, and and so yeah, we're you're 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 on record as as uh, not just refusing to partake in CBS All Access, and I think that's that's fine. Besides Star Trek, there's not much uh, for you there. Yeah, no, I don't need uh, uh, catheters or um, uh, undergarments for uncontrollable bowel movements. <laughs> yeah, the That's funny, show. I do. I need all those things. Well, um, I want to get that checked. Yep. <laughs> You know, so like, I mean, we are both of an age where we really can't trust a fart. I'm just—it's happening. Yeah. Oh no, I did. I I I I gambled and lost on that the other day. But um, <laughs> let's not go into rolling craps. <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> um. So we get into a fun uh, bar fight scene. Um, I would I say fun, but there are several brutal killings in it. Uh. A few guys get shot in the front and back of the head, uh, respectively. Um, but the I think the the uh, sort of pinnacle of this scene is um, when uh, Tot reaches down into a f- like an obviously superheated medallion and tries to pick it up. And just burns the shit out of his hand. Uh, excuse me. Burns the shit out of his hand. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no problem. And then just runs straight out of the door. (laughs) 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 My 
might as well have been that. Yeah, he he, he like runs out or or smashes through like glass pane or something because he's like, I've got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he just like he like runs straight at a window and barrels through it, and then like goes and shoves his hand in in the, in the snow. Um, and uh, R.I.P. Uh, Marion's bar. Um, it's gone, but. Good news, because Mary's come. Marion is coming along for the ride. You bargained for. I'm your goddamn partner. That's fantastic. Yeah. And then we're off on another globe-trotting scene. We go from K- Nepal to Karachi to Baghdad to Cairo. Yeah, I love that song. <laughs> Uh, is that the uh, Istanbul <laughs> Istanbul is not Constantinople long time go long. from Karachi to Baghdad yeah. <laughs> travel for, travel to Nepal from San Francisco then you go to Karachi then, then you end <laughs> up at Cairo why <laughs> staff <of> raw <laughs> yeah, yeah perfect perfect yeah, it's it, we sounded just like the they might be giants. Yeah, yeah, they might be giants. We're after only. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in Cairo. Um, that's where we meet Sala. Sala, as I said before, played by John Rhys Davies. Uh, so there's a little bit of um, a little bit of a white guy playing uh, someone who's not white. So, unfortunate, but uh, we don't have to dwell on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he also was Gimli. Yeah. He, yeah, he did play, <laughs> he did yeah. play a fantasy um, race uh, from Tolkien. I mean, here's the thing. This is obviously not something that people are upset about. So I'm not, like, feigning um, being upset about it, necessarily. Um, I have been known, or I am a, known as a lover of Disneyland, and to this day, if you go on the Indiana Jones ride, which is one of the best rides in the park, um, the pre-show movie about you buckling your seatbelts and sort of giving you the backstory on the ride is done by, uh, Jonathan Rhys Davies in his Sala persona, so to this day, there is an active... John Ray Davies Sala out there entertaining millions of people uh, at one point, you know, before the pandemic. So I think as a society, it's been grandfathered in, I guess. So um, I'm not trying to like feign outrage about it, but um, it is something that kind of stuck out to me. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, I mean, it's kind of hard, you know, uh, we kind of got in, not into it, but, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but it's just one of those things that's kind of difficult to not notice now as a, you know, as a kid or, you know, a teenager, you just took it for, I just took it for what it was and didn't really think about it in any other terms. But as I've grown older, you know, you realize you're like, oh man, that's kind of, ugh, ugh. but you know. Uh, to your point, movies and other industries are trying to get away from this by actually 
hiring people who are of that descent. And, you know, it just makes a lot more sense. So, yeah, you know, a lot of people out there who are super talented, who, um, who could use the work, who could use the exposure. And, um, it's nice to see those people getting, uh, the, you know, good roles or at least starting to. So, you know, who originally was supposed to play Sala? Who? Danny DeVito. Wow. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad that didn't happen. Yeah, no, they originally like wrote it with Danny DeVito in mind. Like even some of the original description of him was like, dude who's like five foot two and That would have been know. great if his if his name was Saul. And he just moved there from New York. That I mean, who knows, right? It could have been that case. I would certainly hope they didn't have like yeah, Danny DeVito. You know, we we were having our we were having a talk about you know it's always sunny, and um, you know he's great at that, but I don't I don't see him as Sala like at all. Doing that accent, woof. Yeah, and that's I mean that's why he's in the Romancing the Stone because he didn't want to do this because the other film paid him a little bit more and he didn't know what to think. <laughs> so then he good. went. Yeah, Good so move they, for me personally, but uh, yeah, but then he just went to like you know the the bargain basement Indiana Jones movie, um, <laughs> you know. So anyway, yeah, I mean this is like it, you know just to your point, this is we'd we'd want to see the definitely see the person in this role who you know makes the most sense. We didn't get that, but it seems like studios and entertainment industry is starting to mature with us in that regards and try to be as representative as possible it's still going to be a battle but um you know it seems like it's making headway yeah and i thought a lot about like if even i wanted to talk about it on the podcast because i don't want to make it seem like i'm sort of uselessly virtue signaling that like Oh, look at me. I'm a white guy, and I can understand when things are racist. Give me a medal. Uh, um, but uh, it, it just, I think, is something that is hard not to think about, which is, the, I believe, a point you made earlier, just in today's conversation. It's just, um, it's, uh, I think not mentioning anything about it would be, would have been a disservice and sort of disingenuous to how I actually feel. And, but at the same time, like I said, I didn't want to make a big deal about it, but cut to 30 minutes of a talking about it later. <laughs> and I'll let you be the, the judge of if, if that's actually, uh, you know, a promise I've honored or not. But, um, anyway, uh, Let's just talk about how friggin' beautiful these shots are. The the shots of the, the rooftop sort of lounge where Indy and Sala and Marion and all the all his, you know, Sala's wife and children and everyone are hanging out and having this sort of lounging around looks awesome. I want to be there. Yeah, I thought exactly the same thing. <laughs> it's like I want to go there. Uh, right super nice dude who stiffed him on the fertility idol is there uh, appears to be helping the nazis as well and uh, exactly yeah and um so they they 
they hatch the sort of beginnings of a plan and Indian Marion um, uh, abscond to the market to purchase clothing, I guess, uh, rolls of yards of fabric. I don't know. Indian's holding a couple of things that look like, look like just like costumes or something. And a monkey. Right, the monkey came in in the previous scene, and it is just a permanent fixture. These Marion, at least, is just captivated with this thing. This earth. Do we need the monkey? Huh? I'm surprised at you, Jones, talking that way about our baby. He's got your looks too. And your brain. <laughs> a great line. Um, but then the monkey runs away. And uh, and then we see the monkey is maybe not such a um, not such a cool, cute monkey because he meets up with obvious bad guy number five, <laughs> the the eye patched, scarred dude um, who is sort of lurking in the shadows. Yeah, you you we know the dude's up to no good because he's not on a motorcycle, but he's got an eye patch. And he's trained a monkey. I did not see that coming either. You mean the monkey's salute scene? <laughs> no, I definitely did not see that one as well uh, coming. All of this, it did. it's just me making bad Nazi jokes anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, he um, he is sort of intercepted by two very German-looking um uh, well suited fellows and and uh he gives them the old uh the old salute so they knows he he's um he's one of the he's one of them and um then the monkey does it as well yep. <laughs> here's some uh here's some fun trivia about that scene uh that took like fifty takes because they just had a grape on the end of some fishing wire that they kept sort of just teasing the monkey with in order for him to do that salute and um uh we i don't know if this will actually make it into the the podcast but we we spoke of uh transformers before frank welker does the voice of the monkey i mean you go to frank welker for any animal yep so you know he he is also a poo from uh, aladdin He's Miss Lyons from uh, Spider-Man The Amazing Friends. Like, y- you need a dog or animal sound, you go to Frank Welker. I totally... I wasn't really even paying attention, but when the monkey did the, the ye old salute, and it kind of made a sound like, you know, like <laughs> you do when you make the salute, I was just like, all right. I didn't even think about it, but then, like... Yeah, hearing that, I'm like, oh, of course that was Frank Walker. It, <laughs> right? sounded, it sounded too good. Like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I just thought they had a, you know, a monkey that was, you know, questionable. But, yep. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's a proud monkey. Um, <laughs> so, um, so then we get. Uh, we get the the famous marketplace fight scene, dude. Again, the tempo in this is so good. Um, 
Like, each thing just sets up for another one, and he's not afraid to get in any shit, so, oh, excuse me, he's not afraid to get into any... Shit. Yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll learn how to use this one day. <laughs> one day we'll have an ABC-friendly show. Sure. And it's just gonna be like, hello, welcome to Pop Talk. I'm John, and this is Forrest, and <laughs> you. <laughs> and it'll just be that from... Howdy, kids. Welcome to you, where you can go yourself, okay? <laughs> You're going to get adopted. Okay. <laughs> wow, Pop Saga has turned dark. <laughs> okay. Um... But, uh, so, this is the famous uh, sword-to-a-gunfight scene. Yeah, the one where most people should know that Harrison Ford was extremely sick while filming this. And there was supposed to be more of a fight, but instead this is what he improvised because this is about all he could do. (laughs) There's another fun bit of trivia. So, everybody on the cast got really sick. Um, filming uh, in Tunisia and the only one who didn't was Steven Spielberg because he brought along like a a, a lifetime supply of SpaghettiOs <laughs> man he should have known the rules he's old enough not to trust a fart either SpaghettiOs there'd be a certain point where I'd be like uh oh <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a young man, so he could stomach the spaghettios. It was just the local food he uh, he decided to uh, abstain from. I mean, I yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. So, um, he uh, this is when we get um a little fake out because we see a Marion sort of loaded into a truck. And then we see that same truck explode and burst into flames. Yep. We've seen this shit pulled on us a couple times, and this is the first one. Exactly. And Indy um, believes she is dead, so he just goes right to drinking. I don't know how that works. I don't know how you get into a fight where multiple people die and then a truck explodes, and then you can just kind of bomb off to your your favorite bar and get a, a bottle of whiskey and chill out hey 1936 cairo baby everything kind of happens well you know how it goes you know things are a little different you know and he's still hanging out with his monkey he doesn't know this monkey is uh is an evil um uh, uh you know fascist monkey um so he's just like being cute with it and um the the germans find him of course because he's just kind of he's sitting at at a table by himself out he couldn't be more obvious he wants to get found yeah i mean he you know he's definitely crestfallen over thinking that marion's dead uh spoiler she's not oh man fuck Oh no! Oh, you totally spoil it! Oh God. She's not dead! She's not dead! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, 
real quick aside i know everyone out there hi everyone out there this is just me speaking directly to you listen i know you think i have terrible taste in film (laughs) based on the few opinions i've shared on this podcast but not for nothing this is the same thing they did in the rise of skywalker and you guys hated it then but like this so what's the deal anyway (laughs) we're still friends right i mean we are but uh what's that wow the live count of our listeners just dropped by 10 so now we, we have lost su- means we lost super fat fan Chad and uh, no. we lost my wife. And, no, uh, I mean Chad already knows I have I have bad taste in in, uh, in movies. I think so. I think that I, I don't think that'll come. So. If, he, if co- after, he shows up for John, I think that's look after twenty nine episodes, people got to know that we have bad taste in a lot of things. <laughs> wow, that was very charitable for you to c- include yourself in there. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean it, but I'm trying to make you feel good. <laughs> we still got like half a movie to go through, and I don't want you to be like, man, I'm a... Says you're a dead fuck. <laughs> oh, All right. <laughs> um... You know that's um that's a good point. Let's let's uh, let's continue talking about this fine fine film. Um, so uh, he is the the two the two German thugs brought him um the two Nazi thugs. Let's let's be specific. Brought him uh to to meet with Belloc. Uh, Belloc is uh, smoking a hookah. Always has like that great entrance. He's always like smooth and ready. And always has the the he's one step ahead of uh, Indy every step of the way, almost every step of the way. <laughs> no spoilers. Um, but uh, he's uh, he he's called Indy to I guess is he gloating or does he want his help? I think he kind of wants his help because he he like I mentioned a little earlier, they kind of make that light dark comparable where he's like you know he's fallen to the dark side of archaeology like i said grinding up dinosaur bones and shit you know. yep <laughs> he's doing and rails he's blowing, Dinos- yeah, dino rails, rails. <laughs> it's like ooh, yabba dabba do <laughs> you know, just- try rail atops <laughs> yeah <laughs> <He's> just- <laughs> You know, he's just like, yeah, this is great. You know, you know, he's, you know, mainline and like Monet's or whatever, you know, like, I guess, no, they can look for real archaeology shit. But anyway, they're doing this whole light, dark comparable where Indy, he feels like Indy is kind of on the cusp, but Bellic kind of has this real nihilistic view of history where, you know, like anything can be history. So... He's, you know, if you wait long enough, but I do like the back and forth and I, I like, uh, I like, uh, Indy's response to him about uh, a certain thing. When should I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Indy's drunk and feeling nihilistic here, so he tries to pull a, a gun on Bellic, but I guess the... In- Bellic has again hired out the entire tavern he's in because everyone pulls a gun on him. 
but Indy's saved by a group of adorable kids. That's it. And then, like, everyone just starts laughing. Like, everyone... Yeah. (laughs) Did you notice after they lead him out of the the bar, and and Indy is sort of helping Sala get his kids back in this, this truck... All the people, armed people from the bar with all their weapons come out and are just like, <laughs> it's like somebody told them free candy was out here or something. <laughs> like, They're like, hooray, look at those kids get in that truck. Man, it's the most fun I've had all day. I thought it's more like, let's continue to laugh at him. Everyone, point and laugh at the drunkard who was rescued by children. <laughs> that drunk monkey man took the, was uh, surrounded by kids. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't get to see the name of it, but it's probably like you know, hookah and machine guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that classic Cairo hotspot, hookah and machine guns. Yeah, just um, like Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, exactly. So, Hookahs, machine guns, and Nazis. Yep, <laughs> the three essentials. Um. I love this next set. The I guess which is the downstairs to to Sala's home. Now they're um, at the old man's house. Is it the old man's house? Okay. Yeah. So they mentioned earlier where they're like, "Look, I don't know. You know, I can find someone who could kind of help you read the uh, the headpiece for the staff of Raw. It's this old uh-huh. guy, I know. And th- so this is the old guy. I thought they just like invited him over to his. Uh, to Sala's house, they, he made himself very comfortable, but that makes more sense. Um, and uh, yeah, the the guy with the eye patch sneaks in, poisons the dates, and so now we have this ticking clock. We know that the dates are poison. It's only a matter of time before somebody eats one. Um, and uh, but before we get that, we get a very cool bit of information. Um, we know that the Nazis have somehow come into possession of an amulet or a copy of the amulet, but they only have one side, and that is crucial because on the, this amulet is a real sort of like rewards people who are thorough mm-hmm. because it's like, the staff must be this tall, and then they're on the back on the back of the amulet. It says, "Just kidding." Minus one of these <laughs> measurements. <laughs> Hope you read the whole thing, you dork. Yeah, this is not like you know when you buy a transformer and you try to transform it yourself. You know, like maybe you'll figure out it looks like it's in robot form. This staff, you didn't get those measurements right. You fucked up. Yeah. So now they know that. The um the the evil uh the evil forces that are trying to find this thing are digging in the wrong place because they don't have all the information. Um, so that sets up the transition to the next scene because now we're at the archaeological dig, the very poorly guarded archaeological dig. I mean, I guess you control as much space as you can, right? And um, I think they also didn't really worry about having anything to fear, right? Like no. Yeah, that must be it because, like, Indy is able to walk onto this dig site 
just wearing a little costume, is not noticed, goes up onto a hill completely alone in broad daylight, just like, I don't if you were in that situation, you would see these people. It's so obvious when, like, when someone's standing on a hill by themselves, all you could see is that person. They do not blend in with anything. Yeah, especially um, if you're on top of a fucking hill, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like skyline and silhouette. Hey, hey, what's that guy doing up there? Yeah, with all that rope. Yeah. Um, and so they they sort of stealthily somehow um, uh, get up uh, uh, onto the little that little outcropping, and uh, Indy lowers himself into the the map room. Oh, I love this scene. It's incredible. I, I love this scene. Um, the whole the whole map room adds a very fine mystique to this whole thing. Um, it's it it's awesome, and um, I like that uh, Sala like leaves India almost instantly. <laughs> Just like he's standing up there for a second, and then uh, he gets caught. To your point. Yeah. By a couple of uh, Nazis, even uh, though they just they just kind of shoo him away. Yeah, they're like, hey, you over here, and he's like, oh, okay, just go stand <laughs> like falls down the hill. Yeah, he's like, go stand twenty feet this direction. You know what I mean? It's funny. Um, I think I think it there was either it's this scene or another scene. With uh, Jonathan Rhys Davies, where he's confronted by a Nazi, and he was supposed to bend down, and because he was sick with cholera, he he like like again we mentioned everyone was sick on this film, he bent down and shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when he does that little wave? Yeah, I think so. I think when he does that like little half salute to the the Nazi, and like he. He goes into that teepee like he there was not teepee the the tent, the tent. <laughs> like there was no tomorrow. He just like bombs it. <laughs> there's yeah, there's like a part where he's it's a deleted scene, so it's like I don't think they showed it because they were like oh, oh, we have the first mainstream soiling, um, <laughs> we, we we can't have that. Um, <laughs> cut it because he cut one. Uh, yeah. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Anyway, oh boy! Let's leave. Uh, let's leave. Uh, 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 shardy pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Indy has found the actual well of souls um, with all the correct information. Now the map room. Uh, well, he, no, he is. He's in the map map room, yeah, and that is. leads him to the find the real well of souls. Yes, you are correct. Um. But, uh, and, and he thinks that maybe something has happened, but then a sort of makeshift rope falls down. And, you know, one of those pieces of cloth that is tied together, together to make this new rope is a Nazi flag. And it's a good way of sort of shitting on that terrible thing. <laughs> yeah. One hundo. I mean, I wouldn't want to be rescued by one, but any port in a storm. <laughs> so... So Indy's uh, rescued, and they're sort of kind of roaming around this uh, dig site. Um, they've had so much success, sex so far, like, uh, infiltrating it, that they I need not worry about being caught, I guess, at this point. Um, and uh, sort of to avoid a patrol, 
He ducks into a nearby tent, and who does he happen to come by? Why, it's Marion! And she's alive! She has died at all! Never mind what, how or what truck she was actually in. Don't worry about it. It just happened. Hey, man, that shit happens all the time. One time yeah. I was parked next to another, uh, you know, car that looked like our car. And I put a bag I thought in the back of our car. And then it turned out I put the bag in the back of another car. And then I thought I lost it, and I did because I didn't know where the other car was going. I don't know where I'm going with this fucking thing. <laughs> it, it happens, Forrest. It happens. And <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, I want my bag back, and I know you have it. Yeah, I, I had Haribo Star Mix. That shit is delicious. <laughs> I want Ooh, my. That's the I good stuff. My, I want my gummy worms, and I want my gummy rings so I can walk around my office like I'm the Mandarin. <laughs> But then, like, bite the ring off because it's so tasty and I can't wait. And I don't want those super alien-powered rings anyway. And I'm like, yes. Especially when they taste so good. They taste so good. Oh, that's a bit of hair. I got hairy knuckles. But it's fine. It's worth it. Oh, no. You know? And then my hands are are sticky. (laughs) But see, like, this is kind of what I'm talking about pacing, right? Like, I feel like some movies would have dragged on her being dead. For a while longer, or like three more scenes from now, but the fact that he comes across her in a tent is about to rescue her, but he's like, mm, uh, "We're about to find the uh, the ark, so I don't want them on my tail. So uh, you're still gonna stay here, tied up. Sorry, bye." <laughs> <laughs> he's out of there. Like, he doesn't rescue her. He rescues some survey equipment. And again, has full run of this camp, this enemy camp. Um, and is able to uh to find the actual site where these 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 dumb dumb Nazis have should have been uh digging the whole time. Yep, but it's you know, they they were looking uh, right when they should have looked like 30 feet to their left. Exactly. And so, um, <laughs> Indy procures not only survey equipment, but a dozen workers. Somehow he is convinced to join his cause or fool them into thinking that they were, this is their new marching orders. And he, uh, he brings his, uh, motley crew Onto the uh, this this outcropping, and they just start going the going ham on this hill. Again, nobody's asking why. So I, I have a theory behind this. So there's the mm. point where, um, uh, you know, a little bit later we'll see like uh, Sala is running around, and like the you know the Nazis are like, "Hey, give us more water, more this, more that," and he's like, "You want more water? You want more water? Okay, I'll get this." I have a feeling like. They that was like his crew because you know Salo is known as like someone who like did construction or uh, verbatim was referred to as the best digger of Cairo in Cairo. <laughs> so I think that was his crew. So, yeah, okay, when, when he I brought mean, him over, and it's the same thing with even look, I want to be you know, I get it. I, 
you, you tell me if I need to cut this out or not. When you see Indy surrounded by another bunch of dudes who look like Indy, you're not really going to be questioning who's who. You know what I mean? It's not like he sticks out in that area. Right. Um, you and mean not, like the... Cause, because he's he's in a disguise. Well, he's in a disguise, but you know, there's a bunch of, you know, dudes who also look like Indy. You're saying there's a bunch of like white Germans there. Yeah. So it, either yeah. side, like one side's assuming that he's another German guy they don't know. Yeah, and then the other end is they're just like, oh, maybe he's over there supervising another thing who am i to question it i'm just following orders yeah i mean again i think to your point is the 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 pacing of this movie is such and the writing and the performances are so good that there are parts of it that are a little bit like they're asking a lot of you of the audience if you were to stop and think about it because sala from the moment he is introduced, the character is used as sort of deus ex machina for all the stuff they need. Like, he gets them the person who could read the amulet, and he knows what's happening at the dig site up until, you know, like, yeah, he is in charge of this group of people who do archaeological digs. And he's able to procure these the supplies and the people that are needed and then even later transport for them away when they need to escape with the artifact. So he is a little bit of like a plot-based character, but to the movie's credit, you never think about it unless you're doing what we're doing and, and like watching and taking notes and, and thinking about it a little bit more um, specifically funny that no one's really paying attention to it until it becomes important and then that's when someone realizes something's off but the the real smart characters here are Sala, Indy, and you know to his evil credit, Belloc yep um so they continue working into the evening again, nobody everyone's sort of in their tents but they're they're still working away and as they as they work things get pretty spooky dookie outside um with some crazy clouds and lightning <laughs> indiana jones goes momentarily insane as they start to open up the <laughs> well of souls well yeah you saw what was down there <laughs> yep. snakes why did it have to be snakes <laughs> and not just any snakes. Asps. Very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did that same shit with you. I'm like, yeah, you, you go first, Forrest. <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> dar, dar, dar. Um... No, I bet your theme would sound more like the Home Improvement theme song. <laughs> um, so, so uh, we kind of intercut. In this scene, we sort of intercut back and forth between um, the 
between the the folks uh, opening up the Well of Souls and Marion and, and Belloc interacting because he finally gets into the the uh, tent, um, releases her from her tied up area. She tries to escape, and he really you know turns the charm on by posting a armed guard at the door. Nothing you know uh, convinces a woman into to to stick around um, for your romantic advances like someone with a gun at the door <laughs> keeping them from leaving. Well, also, she hasn't been fed. She hasn't gotten any water. Just for the treatment of you. Yeah, who's all you wanted? No food, no water. What kind of people are these friends of yours? This particular... <laughs> you know, she was... He, he is trying to... He is trying to... Um, uh, sweet talker. But... Uh, are we to the dress part yet yeah yeah and then he he produces a giant box filled with a dress and it's only purpose the first of many or several dresses that is gifted to marion and um uh yeah he just wants to perv on her in a mirror as she uh changes clothing yeah uh, it's it's amazing how many of these guys in this movie just have women's clothes on them. <laughs> yeah, just just ready to go in the right size. Anyone who's bought a gift for their uh, any female person in their life or somebody who loves to wear dresses in your life knows uh, how much of a minefield that can be. But uh, not Bellic. He he knows the exact size and perfect fit. Um. I love that, so, of course, Marion uses, we, we know she's already great at drinking um, and still remaining lucid. So she begins to drink Belloc under the table. With his own family's wine. Indeed. They should not be this shit-faced on wine, but maybe it's... I mean, this shit was clear, so... Fortified? Yeah, there's no yeah. This this might as well red Everclear on the front of it, or whatever French for Everclear is. Uh, Le Everclear. Le Everclear. Yeah, <laughs> like they're they're getting. Um, I think the official term is uh, schnookered. Yes, they are getting soused. Um, and uh, I love the scene when uh, uh, Tot shows up. Oh yeah, and he pulls out the fucking nunchucks. Yeah, so she, <laughs> Marion, like, again, she's getting Bellic drunk, and this is all in service of of picking up a dinner knife and sort of using it to escape. She tries to escape, runs right into Todd, and he is like very menacing looking. He pulls out what looked like a collapsible staff. And uh, it's a coat hanger. God, I love this joke. It's so funny. Yeah, I thought it was like the little try uh, nunchucks you see in like uh, uh, martial art movies. So it's like, oh shit, he's his way of torture is extreme. And then it, it was like, oh, it's a hanger. That's I don't want to say that's cool, but you definitely seem like a guy who would use that. 
yeah he he pulls it out in a super menacing and threatening way too so like the the message is clear here um but the the outcome is uh that whole sequence is is hilarious sort of you know uh how everyone reacts relieved when it turns out to be a hanger is uh is fantastic um but uh meanwhile uh sala and indy have have lowered themselves into um this literal snake pit which is the well of souls and um they begin to unearth rather reverently the uh the ark which uh is sort of in a russian nesting doll of of uh stone um uh containers it's a container with a within a container i mean they weren't expecting anyone to find it except someone who was very thorough so yeah i guess you know if you uh tupperware double tupperware something it's gotta work yeah right you gotta you gotta double seal that shit yeah um you don't want that air getting in there (laughs) but i love the framing like how they put the camera fairly low so you can't see into the like the outer stone container and then when um indian sala lift the arc out sort of how it reveals itself is just so incredible it sounds like so uh like no duh um that you know steven spielberg knows how to frame an incredible shot but again this is just the masterful uh filmmaking yeah like you we've been hearing talk about it and this is the first time we're going to see see it and you know i don't think they wanted to do anything unceremoniously like when they push the lid over we would have seen the top but no instead let's get it revealed kind of the way that it's meant to be carried with the little you know poles between it and have it lifted up and uh realizing this thing is like solid gold and uh yeah, it, it's it's a great shot. And it's they shot. um they box it up and they're just about to escape when the bad guys finally notice and it's only because everyone else is sleeping early in the morning and they see a group digging on a hill uh off in the distance and they just happen to be discussing how they've been digging and digging and they haven't found anything and uh and belloc just like it hits him he realizes oh no that's that's the right site and somebody's up there um and uh it's unfortunate for our our hero because after uh sala sort of scampers out of the well of souls um after the 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 arc has already been raised up and indy is the last person down there and his torches are running out uh, the rope comes a tumbling down, and you can see the look of panic spread across Indy's face because of all the snakes down here. Yeah, well, we know how he feels about snakes. He, he does not care for them. Does not care for them. And it's Belloc again. He's got the drop on Indy again. And you know who else has the drop? Marion, because. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Jeez. Todd sends her a tumbling down that open hole. He has uh he sees her as a distraction and uh he uses this chance to hopefully get rid of her. 
Yeah, you know, obviously Bellick has a soft spot, soft, creepy spot for, and um, Tot knows this, but he's not going to let anything uh, ruin the main plan. Uh, we forgot to point out, we discovered how the Nazis got the that one part of the... Uh, you know, the headpiece of the Staff of Raw, it's because it was burnt into uh, Tot's hand. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's and that's why they only have the one side. And yeah. And, you know, it kind of all makes sense, but yeah, you know, I mean, shit, fucking Adu, Indiana, Tot laughs like, that. he's got that really gross laugh. Like, ugh. Yeah. He's just a, a walking pustule. Yeah. Um, and and that I think that's probably a, a great credit to that actor. Yeah, apparently um, he was going to give up acting. And really? They, yeah, they pulled him into this role. But he was, he was about to become just like an agent. <laughs> he was just kind of like done with it. And has like a real, uh, like, oh, God, what's that... Uh, Peter Lorre, the yes, yes, boss, like, like, yeah, you know that that guy, he has kind of that quality about him, like that real like character actor quality, like slime ball, and that. Well, laugh, he's a he's a terrific <laughs> slime ball, and yes, his laugh is. <laughs> I I can't even do it. It's. Ugh. I'm it's a real sort of like yeah simpering breathy laugh it's terrible yeah um but uh so he's but he's thrown marion down there and now they're gonna seal them both in um but this is indiana jones we're talking about that's not just some some typical jabroni uh and he's got a plan and that plan involves knocking over an anubis statue into a wall so he saw some snakes coming out of it he knows it's hollow behind there and so he figures there's another antechamber right next to it here this is how we get through uh by docking a giant statue over yeah you know indy's fit enough and i really like when he climbed up the statue to do that and <laughs> that one snake was staring at him in the mouth and he just throws it on marion yeah <laughs> <laughs> so good He's just like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, he knocks the statue over, breaks through the wall, and then they are treated to uh, another Spielberg uh, classic, just a bunch of bodies. Yep, <laughs> just a bunch bodies. of dead bodies that seem, because they're being sort of pushed around, to be alive. Yeah, ugh. Yeah, it scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Um, still really well done. But they are able to sort of push a big block out of the way, very Tomb Raider-esque, and uh, escape. Um, and now we get the scene, the, the classic airstrip scene. Yeah. Um, where we get to see a, uh, a big old beefy uh, Nazi blended as if uh, he was uh, put into a ninja. You think a ninja is powerful enough to blend a Nazi? And by ninja, um, we mean blender, yes. not actual ninjas. We know actual ninjas of that are size. Definitely... If you if you scaled a ninja blender up, yes, I think um, I think uh, it slices, I mean, it dices, it blends, 
this mustachio dipshit. Yeah, I mean, I have a, I mean, I have a Vitamix, so I feel confident that if I had a Vitamix that size, <laughs> that dude's getting juiced. I had no, I mean, I, I don't know why I keep being surprised that a lord of Scotland has so many, um, uh, just uh, impressive, expensive accoutrements. Um, well, it's it was. Look, do I buy one oyster every year for? eight years because the blades go dull or it you know it dies because you know i love blending shit or do i buy one vitamix and know that thing's gonna last me you know 20 oysters and by oysters i don't mean the thing in the sea i mean the blenders well i think you uh it's a good value prop props to you i'm jealous i have i think i actually have a ninja um so speaking from experience, yes, it blends Nazis. Don't ask me how I know. All right, good, um, to, know, good to know. Hey, man, look, I also own two um, uh, sous vide devices. Oh, because <laughs> um, I love sous vide. Sous vide yeah. shit up. Sous vide's good uh, for some stuff. I like don't, it. Don't don't shit on my sous vide machines. I have I have a uh, a water circulator as well for CV. Oh, listen to this! Look at Mister yes. Panting Pants. Oh yeah! Oh, you'd better believe it. Yeah, it is uh, from some company I've never heard of. I'm I'm yeah. That's Kitchen cool. thing. All right, I've not heard of that band, but I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> But, uh, so, okay, so Ninja Blenders will blend up Nazis. I'm for it. Um, yeah. This, this, this fight is excellent. Um, and, yeah, it's worthwhile watching this dude get blended up by this, uh, their, their own special secret weapon plane that never actually existed. It was only ever a concept. Yeah, that this thing looks like it wouldn't have flown. Um... There's something about it that is so chunky and like weirdly short. It looks like a prop that was made for the movie pretty much the whole way through. Uh, it, I don't it, like it any less because of that, but yeah, I mean it's based it's based off a, a, a theoretical design. Uh, right. Yeah, like you know, there's you know, like not to compare it, but if you play like it's you know, never I I don't. It maybe made it to like prototype phase versus it just being like a paper plane where they're just like, here's a plane idea, but we don't know if it'll actually work. But it's, you know, it's kind of cool to see that a different design versus just a, a standard plane in this um, in this shot. And uh, in all the the kerfuffle with uh, Marion shooting a group uh, like a, a truck full of soldiers and and uh, indie ninja blending uh, a big beefy mustachioed dude um, uh, an explosion happens and that finally tips the rest of this entire camp off that something is amiss up at the airfield. And I think that's when the the uh, these uh, these dudes pack everything into trucks and get the heck out of there. I'm going after that truck. Oh, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. 
<laughs> Such a great line. <laughs> and he was right uh, because he uh, he finds a white horse to follow this 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 uh, caravan carrying the ark. Yeah, Indiana horse. Yes, please. It, it yeah. looks like he's it, built for riding horses. Yeah, it's pretty rad, and and it looks like the the local um, workers seem either I can't tell if they're angry that he stole the horse or they're cheering him on, and they're just big indie fans. I think they I think they went over right, like they they saw his ass get tossed into the well of souls. They thought he his goose his goose was cooked, and you know he broke out of that. So they're like, hey, you know what? I'm Team Indy. Uh, yeah. Go get him. And man, he, he cuts he, he cuts a fine figure on that horse, so get to it. Yeah, yeah. seriously. And then this whole um, the whole chase uh, sequence is just incredibly well done. Um, Harrison Ford seems like he's having a blast. He like several times when he's like running guys on like a motorcycle and a sidecar off the road. He just looks like he's having the best time. And uh, the whole sequence where he like gets dragged under the truck. And sort of like uses his whip to hang on to it and then come back around and get back into the cab is just uh, a brilliant piece of stunt work and a really well choreographed action scene. Super cool. Yeah, I think this scene took him six weeks. I'm not surprised. It's the whole thing is just just incredibly done. And then I like when the other guy, who I'm calling uh, Crocodile Dundee, <laughs> takes <laughs> over the uh, takes over the truck, and then Indy, you know, gets back into the cab, and he uh, he sort of puts that guy in the same position he was in by like throwing him out of the on that. the hood, and now he's gripping onto the grill on the front of the truck. But Indy's already bent those things back, so it just breaks for him. And then it shows that horrifying scene <laughs> of Yeah, the the truck just running over the dude and his arms just flailing up as he's just like crushed under the weight of the truck. Yeah. So good. it's great. It's so uh, great. It's fantastic. And it's it's surprisingly uh comical. Um but Indy gets away with a truck. He and he, he foils Belloc and 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 his stupid driver, and drives back into Cairo, where I again Deus Ex uh, Sala has set up a <laughs> like a, a like a Warner Brothers cartoon style uh, getaway for the truck. Why? Where like Indy drives into like. Uh, what I, I, I guess is a garage or something and um, the the local people just like fill in with like immediately turn it into a, a market stall and it's like Indy was never there at all yeah I mean that shit might as well just said tunnel overhead <laughs> they just drove right in. I don't even know how they would get out of that because it didn't even look like that led anywhere. It was literally just like a perfectly truck shaped hole yep. <laughs> for the truck. But yeah, you know, they covered all up. I, 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 I felt like that was an appropriate end to this after all the zaniness that you already got. There's like, eh, we're going to give one more to you. Boop. 
yep. a title, maybe. and a guy comes up, it really sells it, tries to sell some melons to the to the confused and and consternated uh, group of uh, evil Nazis, and um, uh, it's just a great it's great seeing them lose, and it's also great because it was such an crazily elaborate plan um, that no one could have coordinated beforehand. But again, the movie's so good, you don't question it. It just happens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that literally, like, jumps from there to us now being at a port. Exactly, yeah. The, the what is that, uh, Katanga? Captain Katanga's ship. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I didn't catch the, uh... I didn't catch the name either, but yeah. His ship, they uh, stored the Ark. They're, um, you know, and then Sala kind of warns the captain. He's like, these people are my family, and I'll feel bad if I hear anything bad happens to them. Um, and then Marion gives Sala a shit ton of kisses. Mm-hmm. So she's like, this is for your wife, this is for your kid, and this is for you. Oh yeah, and that he bursts into a boner song. Yeah. <laughs> I am trying to hide my erection. It would have been funny if he tried to do the little jump up in the air and he clicked his heels. <laughs> and he just kind of <laughs> fell over because you know, it's like, oh no, my pants are too turgid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> turgid. What a great word. Well, it just um, feels appropriate for the the, the time. It does. Frame, I think you know? I think you're exactly right. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Like a broken and, clock, uh, correct twice a day. <laughs> the 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 scene between Marion and Indy on the ship, I thought it was uh incredible. Their their chemistry is insane. Um the only thing that bumped me a little bit is when she turns the mirror over and hits him in the jaw. And it does like you expect it to like it, it cuts to an outside seat of the ship and there's just like a <laughs> You expected birds to fly up. Yeah. It was a ridiculous reaction. I mean, I don't know, like it was kinda nice to see him uh made human. You know, like yeah. all that jumping around and stuff. He's all beat up and shit. And then yeah, it gets jacked in the face. It, it It's true. They could have shown, like, five cuts of a bunch of different people reacting to him screaming as loud as he did. <laughs> you know, like, Bellic. the birds are flying. What? I was like, Whoa? They're over there, you know. <laughs> like, turn the you. submarine around. Yeah, please turn this U-boat around. And then, um, you know, but you get probably one of the most memorable lines that was improvised Ever. Not the man I knew ten years ago. It's not the years, right? It's the mileage. <laughs> and that is why you put Harrison Ford in your movies, because he All would right. give you some gold like that, yeah. Um Yeah, you know, and then you know, they start making out and he passes out. Yep. But uh, he shouldn't have gone to sleep if only he had been more vigilant because when he wakes up uh, bad news the Nazis are here and they brought a fucking submarine fucking Nazis they ruin everything they certainly do 
Um, but they're also dense enough to completely buy Katanga's a lie. Probably because they're racist pieces of shit, and they just... Because Katanga says, oh yeah, we killed Indy. Indy. He was no use to us. We keep the lady around because she has a certain kind of use. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, and they buy that hook, line, and sinker, so they take the Ark and Marion onto their boat. Yeah, and their U-boat, their submarine... And I guess start to leave, but Indiana Jones is alive and well, and he is going to get on that submarine. (laughs) And I punch the bike. Oh, is that what happened? I thought you were opening a cork. You're like, hold on, now now we're going to get really into the deep shit. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Wish I had. I mean, I, I enjoy the reprisal of the indie theme here, too, because it's just like, yeah, this dude is tenacious. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so tenacious, he is able to somehow survive. Now, this is something that has bothered me ever since I was a child. How does Indiana Jones survive on the top of a submarine that goes underwater? <laughs> yeah, well, a submarine doesn't always need to go underwater yes john yes 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 you're absolutely right he may have that that might be true except for the fact that he is completely soaking wet when he comes uh when he arrives on the the dock now, uh at their destination sure now here's the thing and you know you correct me because you traveled the world on a boat um i imagine though if let's say i'm on top of a submarine and it doesn't decide to submerge, mm-hmm. but it's a submarine versus, you know, mm-hmm. a boat that I could hide in that I would be wet just by the spray alone of, you know, the sea. Yeah. So he he kind of shelters away in the sort of observation deck part at the top of the that main spire. I don't know what that's called on a submarine. But then pretty clearly they show shots inside the submarine and they're at least what I recognize they're diving. So he either they they only went to like periscope depth and he just sort of held on to the periscope and toughed it out for what looks like, you know, hundreds of miles. Or like you said, they never they have a submarine that they <laughs> So for some reason, never submerge. Well, yeah. So here's, well, we don't know where this uh, submarine port was located, right? It was just in an island somewhere. Could have been near Greece or something like that. Sure, so, the like, Azores or something. Yeah, so, I mean, look. The motherfucker knocked over a statue with just himself with almost no leverage. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's I'm going to... Yes, you're I'm right. Gonna, I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to suspend, uh, dis- you know, belief for a minute and let that happen. But I can see there being an instance where if you don't need to dive or you're like, I don't know, 30, 40 miles from your destination, you probably wouldn't go down submarine when you could just get there you know what i mean like yeah 
certainly there's a lot involved with diving and you probably I don't know maybe you go slower I don't know there's obviously it's the kind of thing that doesn't bother a lot of people but this is something where I just want I want one scene of them trying to dive and being like oh the ballast tanks are broken we cannot dive and then just give me something uh a reason why because they they could have made it a boat just like a regular warship or something instead yeah, it's obvious people... it's a submarine and when just like Chekhov's gum gum gun when you show me that submarine i'm gonna think i'm going to assume that it's submarines yeah but like if it was a boat on water than him hiding you know he we we would have expected more when and that is called a conning tower that is what he is on well so he uh hides out of the conning tower um they they reach this very impressive submarine bay where he uh where he you know uh slinks off of the submarine itself and um knocks out uh one of the soldiers and, and steals his uniform but it's too small i love the scene where he gets chastised by this other guard and he starts combing his hair all nervous until <laughs> he's had enough just knocks his ass out uh, exactly because then he's like oh this guy has this is more my size <laughs> yeah it's like, what are you doing? Why are your shoes? And I'm like, this dude doesn't have a shirt on. You can obviously tell the button-up shirt he's trying to button up is about two sizes too small for him. It's it's a cool scene. Yeah, agreed. Um, but uh, he also shoulder checks Belloc when he, they kind of pass each other in, in, you know, on the on the gantry or or catwalk or whatever. Um, oh, catwalk. On the catwalk, yeah. I'll almost give away myself on the catwalk. <laughs> it's a real dumb move, uh, drawing that much at attention to yourself, but it works out okay. And uh, before you know it, this whole crazy group of uh, uh, evil dum-dums and Indiana Jones and Marion are off to a ritual site. Uh, in a very weird sort of little procession that it that seems very formal. Yeah, I didn't know if this was like Bellic following some form of ritual, since there is a ritual that needs to be said beforehand, or it just seemed like everyone was taking the solemnness of, or the potential magnitude of the Ark of the Covenant. And, right. Uh, you know. This is it's cool though you know they're gonna test it before they bring it to uh, back to you know the man himself. Um, so they're gonna give this a good old test fire. Exactly. Yeah, they have to. They have to um, sort of go through these rituals. They think to to access the the power and whatever untold riches might be inside of the ark. Um, Indy is still hidden. He's, his disguise is still holding up. And he um, sort of breaks away from the group and finds himself 
a RPG, a little rocket propelled grenade. And um, he kind of gets to a vantage point and he's he's got the drop on him. He's going to blow that arc up uh, unless they, you know, capitulate to his demands. Yeah, and all he wants is Marion. He's like, I don't care about the arc. Let the girl go. And then, you know, Bellet calls that bluff, though. And you realize yeah. that. Yeah, he can't do it. He can't destroy it without knowing what kind of what it does. Like, it's a piece of history, and he just can't take it away from the world, I guess. Yep, his love of history overrides his common sense, and that's it. Him and Marianne are now ca- captured, and um, now they have been tied up on a pole, sort of with a front row seat to the ritual site. Yeah, and... It's nighttime because obviously instead of doing this during the day, you want a real cool light show. So <laughs> yep, it has to be moody. That's one thing that the the man upstairs uh, specified. When you find my arc, like make it cool, you know. <laughs> Good lighting. I'm telling you, it has to be fresher, or you're not gonna get my lightning bolts. Um, <laughs> laser show. It's Light gonna be bus. a sick laser show and a cool fog machine. But seriously, the amphitheater has to be on point, and it's gotta be right after sunset because the aesthetics are so important. I'm, I'm the man upstairs. Um. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I think everyone remembers, this is one of the most iconic scenes in films, I think. This, um, uh, where Belloc decides to open the Ark, and he's he's going through these rituals, he's chanting in, uh, ancient Hebrew, and, uh, they open it, and guess what's inside? Nothing! Sand! Which initially causes a lot of the the people assembled to be like, hardy har, did all this for sand, you dipshit. Of course there's sand inside. Tot is laughing like a sack of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like there was only sand inside. (laughs) Um... And uh, but that's not all that's inside because as we mentioned before, there's a fog machine and it starts going and the party <laughs> really starts getting started. Started <laughs> generators are breaking and sparking and all sorts of uh, energy is arcing everywhere and um, lights coming out. start coming out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, souls. I don't. I don't actually that know ghost what... that gave Ray a blowjob in uh, <laughs> in Ghostbusters <laughs> appears to t- to tot, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but it it turns out it's not the nice fellatio ghost. No, yeah, we get we people are rarely that lucky. Nope. Uh, yeah. No, it's a mean ghost because they did the bad thing, and listen. 
they thought they could be a bunch of disgusting Nazis and that the G.O.D. would uh, not know that. He knows. And uh, they have messed with powers way beyond their understanding. Yeah, I mean, look, if you were like, John, come on over. I got this cool arc. And I'm going to open it. We're going to have a barbecue. I'm going to have some twisted teas. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> I'd be like, Forrest, I love you, dude, but I'm not going to open anything called an arc. <laughs> uh, and you were right to do that, because I was talking about the video game arc. Yeah, don't do it. Friends don't, don't let do friends it. play arc. <laughs> People say it's fun. It's not. Yeah, they, they trick you with dinosaurs, but then people have laser guns. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> they trick you with dinosaurs, but then some maniac comes up with an axe and chops your head off and then poops down your throat. Then he uses not... that poop to grow some tomatoes. It sucks. It's worse. Or, or like, you, you'll be sleeping in your room, and then someone will break your front door down and just kill you, but not take anything else. <laughs> just to kill you. <sighs> don't get arc don't anyway get um yeah so everyone uh, you know so luckily uh indy has the presence of mind you know when th- when shit starts going sideways he knows somehow that you, you gotta close your eyes that'll that'll do the trick that'll or at least he hopes that will save them um and this is not the kind of advice that the, the the evil assembled masses follow because they're just looking at everything. Um, much to their detriment because a bunch of energy flies up into Belloc's face and then he shoots laser beams out and it kills everybody. <laughs> Pretty much. So we get uh, each of the the three head evil Nazis get a different type of head trauma. Um, Like you do. Like, uh, Tot gets his face straight melted off. Everyone knows that scene. It's it's horrifying, but uh, but very awesome. Um, Colonel Beaker, whatever his name is, he looks like Beaker from the Muppets when he screams. Um, he gets like desiccated all the fluids sucked out of his body and then good old Belloc Belloc who Marion seemed to have genuine feelings for uh, his head explodes he's Uh, straight gibbed yep originally going to give this movie an R rating that's why it has so much fire in front of it to sort of obscure what's going on, even though it doesn't really help all that much. I mean, this movie's pretty bloody, especially when that dude gets shot in the face early on. I'm surprised it did not maintain its R rating. Yeah, pretty um, intense. 
Yeah, I'd say so. Especially with that dude just slow. Yep. Um, but that's, I mean, like, and then fire consumes everything. A pillar of fire shoots into the sky, flinging the lid up with it. Uh, the lid comes, uh, luckily for everyone involved, the lid sort of tidally lands right back on the, uh, the arc. Maybe it was sucked in. Maybe that's just the order of the operations for the old Ark of the Covenant. But, um... The, uh, all of the evil assembled, um, uh, Nazis were turned to ash. Um, and, uh, it's sort of a tidy bow on that encounter. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better way for it to, uh, work out, right? Yeah. No fuss, no muss. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so Indy and Mary, Marion, having survived, uh, that encounter... Um, we catch back up with them back in the States. Uh, they're debriefing with the uh, government stooges from the start of the movie. Um, and they realize that they will never see the Ark again. Because it's being held in a, what is a seemingly infinite warehouse. And studied by top men. See, I don't even... The, the best part is I never believe anything's getting studied at that point. No. It just seems like it's being put in a box because yeah. there's so many things. Yeah. Oh, my God. And that that is what, like, you know, to end on that note is why this movie is so great. Because here's yeah. this huge, giant warehouse, like, like you said looks like it goes on forever it's this great matte painting kind of warehouse and it's just like you just (laughs) wonder what all this stuff is in here like damn they have the ark of the covenant we saw what that did you're you're telling me each one of these boxes does something exciting or is potentially that terrifying too so dope and then you know that excitement is ruined with the fourth indie movie. But that's fine. That's fine. Uh, this movie ends on a hot note. Salt. Yeah. I mean, it it is incredible, right? You your your mind is on fire with with the possibilities that this warehouse represents. Um and uh it's it's sort of like the um the magic of uh of these movies and as you said that's it that's that's the end of the film and you know it it just is like eating a satisfying sandwich it it just leaves you completely full of good movie feelings yeah, good guys won, bad guys lost. Everything was clearly defined. There's Nazis like, got punched, yeah, exploded, they, smooshed, um, melted, uh, dropped. Uh, all the kinds, all yeah, the kinds of stuff. Yeah, any any way you could have like any way you could have thought of someone to die, probably happened to them. And and you know. It's it's just uh, like we talked about a few times. The pacing of this movie is so well done. Like again, never resting so long. Like it just keeps moving along, and that's truly what I appreciate about it. And um, shot so well. Um, the, the the fights, you know, what you got were great. 
very kinetic, and you know, and that's owed a lot to Harrison Ford. That's why it's so hard for them to decide to make another, you know, like to try to make another one without him or try to introduce someone else as Indiana Jones. Honestly, I just don't think you do it. Like, make a different Indiana Jones movie that isn't an Indiana Jones movie at this point. Make, make, you know, like, because he's so yeah. perfect at this. It's like you want a better final note for the character than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but at the same time, you kind of just want to leave it alone. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like um, after Aliens, where they keep trying to bite at the apple, and you keep going, mmm, mmm, should have just left it at the second one. Like, Yeah, it's weird, right? There is a good third Alien movie out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. I believe someone can make it, um, but nobody has. Trying to get a send-off is so difficult. So, I mean, you know, they they said they're making a fifth movie. It will have Indy. You know, it will have Harrison Ford. We'll see what they do. See if they try to pass the torch. Um, But, honestly, I'd just be like... Stop making them. Make a new type of adventure movie. Have some fun with it. Create a new IP. Don't care who you do it with, because... Like, you're not beating Raiders of the Lost Ark. You're just not. Absolutely. Could not set it better myself. Um, We'll see what happens in this new movie, but I'm not necessarily looking forward to it um, because, uh, you know, these these movies are fantastic and can kind of, um, or they are for the most part, and they can sort of exist in their own um time and world and and um you know i think maybe it's time to to try to make something new uh in the same vein if that's what uh if that's what you want to do of course like we mentioned before we live in a more infinite infinitely more complex world where now we know a lot more about people's feelings and a lot more about how um, this kind of archaeology was sort of damaging to local cu- cultures and um, their histories and sort of taking relics away from local uh, indigenous people and then displaying them somewhere else is ends up being less of a less of a heroic thing and more of a um, sort of uh, sapping people of their of their of their history so it's the kind of thing that is sort of perfect it, that it exists in its time and uh, you kind of wish you people would leave it there um, but uh, you know we'll see I'm not gonna pass any judgment before um, we we see uh, frame one of the of the new Indiana Jones movie but um, so this has been our recap our long, lengthy recapped, but well-deserved, hard-to-not-spend-time on a movie this good. Uh, the proper time, I should say, on a movie that this that's this good. Um, so I hope you enjoyed it. Um, please check out all of our uh, social media um, uh, on Twitter at the Pop Saga. Yeah, same with Instagram. And on Instagram, yes, is the same. Um, 
you can always email us at it's uh, the pop saga at gmail. Yeah, it should be it. I think mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah. I yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> if it bounces the, back, you'll know you you did it wrong. <laughs> or yeah, we did the, we told it's you. It's the pop saga at gmail.com. And uh, thank you to Burton M6 for our incredible theme song. Yes. And um, we do hope that you will join us again next week for another super exciting whip crap cracking episode. Whip crapping. Well, uh, maybe we don't know what we'll be yeah. talking about. So maybe we'll eat whips, and then you know what happens biology major (laughs) 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 um so uh as we always like to say for whatever we're we're, whatever the reality is at the current moment that we're saying it into um that we hope that all of you out there are staying happy healthy and we hope to see you next week We named the cat Illinois. Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want, it don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we gotcha. This is Pop Saga, let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right, this is a lifestyle, welcome to the nerd life, pop side.